That's weird. I got nothing. Okay, never mind. You can cut that <laughs> Sorry, one. Sorry, I got nothing for that. Totally fine. Uh, again, just go ahead and cut that out. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Egg on the Face of Ramjack, a French shaman fable. Hello, everyone. I am Alex, and joining me today in the Ramjack National Studio is my co-host and friend, Brad. Hi. Hi there. Hey. Oh, hi. Hi. Getting into those dog days of summer. Uh, it wouldn't It wouldn't be an episode of Ramjack if I didn't talk about the weather. So, yeah, it's getting let's, pretty crazy. Let's ignore the weather. Let's just ignore it. Let's pretend it's not there. <laughs> I wasn't prepared to talk about the weather. I randomly threw that in and threw everything off because now I'm actually worried about the weather in my head. I'm thinking, wait a minute, is it going to rain tomorrow or not? Don't, yeah, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't get distracted. Weather is a distraction do we don't need. Yeah, let's. Well, I. Mm. Um, we have an amazing episode for you guys. We're going to be talking Perfect Strangers later. A very awesome holiday episode oh, of Perfect Strangers. Guys, it's it's Christmas in June. It made me so nostalgic for our holiday traditions, Brad, that I really think we should add this to the rotation. Like, it really tugged at my heartstrings that much to where I was like, you know what, this 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 belongs beside Muppet Family Christmas um, <laughs> and Retosaurus Rexes. I mean... Defo. I, yeah, we, we gotta add this to the rotation. I think so. Um, but we'll get more into that later. Definitely. Right now, we're gonna be talking about, we're gonna be training monster tales, right, Brad? Oh boy. Guys, we're, uh, I, I know it's, it's, it's the scariest time of the year. It's summer. <laughs> um, so, uh, like, I want you, I want you to, like, uh, you know, get your flashlight, crawl into your blanket, and, yeah. uh, get ready, because we gotta talk about some monsters! Ooh! Oh! Monsters. Monsters. All right, Brad. Do you please, please go first. Your monsters are always scarier than my monsters, though. I do have a few. I do have two monsters. All right. Well, these are these are monsters from my life. Um, mm-hmm. from uh, I I got I got a monster from Thursday and I got a monster from Friday. I had double Duke's monsters. Wow. Um, and the worst. All right. All right. So here's what happened. It was just a normal day. I went to Starbucks, where all monsters hide. <laughs> and there was like a big there was like it was quite a line for a Thursday night at Starbucks um, and there was like a family there it, but it was like it was like a mother and like I don't know like a tween daughter and then like a couple of kids that were younger like all at Starbucks first of all don't bring your kids to Starbucks it's weird yeah like and it's not like they were it's not like they were going there to meet somebody if they were going there like to sit down and hang out no they were getting drinks and then leaving I know they have, like, things that don't have coffee in it, and they've got, like, you know, they've got, like, you know, things, of course, that kids can have. But I'm like, it's also, like, way overpriced for that kind of stuff. Like, if you go to Starbucks, be an adult and getting a coffee. Like, if you've got your kid that's got to, you know, you've got to be there to meet somebody, you know, yeah, you get your kid a hot chocolate or whatever. Yeah, that makes all the sense in the world. Good, good plan. Get the kid a cookie, fine. But don't buy your kid, like, some, like, weird, you know, cream frap thing. Like, it's, a kid doesn't care. Like, you can go buy them like a, a like a dollar ice cream or something somewhere like don't take them to starbucks kids don't want to be at starbucks i don't know man some of those kids the pressures of school could have them ordering things with multiple shots of espresso but i i agree with you i the cake pops i know are marketed toward kids but i mean is a starbucks a really but they don't do cake pops kids? anymore la Belange does not do cake pops i'm pretty sure oh. 
There's a lot of places around here that still do those cake pops. Really? Um, what is La Boulange? Okay, Starbucks did that. You know how Starbucks, like, every five minutes decides they're going to get serious about selling food? <laughs> yeah. Um, despite the fact nobody really gives a fuck. Just have cookies and cakes and things so I can have yeah. my coffee. Like, that's... So they tried to do this thing where they got, like, this... Uh, we're going to we're gonna team up with, like, this San Francisco, like, uh, bakery. And we're going to have, like, better stuff. And it's going to it's gonna be so much better than the old stuff. The old stuff was fine. Like, yeah. it's fine. Like, it's like coffee cake and muffins and, like, cookies. You can't get those things wrong. No, there were nobody had complaints. And nobody's eating, like, the sandwiches and things. Because, like, I'll just go somewhere and get a sandwich if I want a sandwich. I don't go to Starbucks for meals. Like, I'm getting not. coffee. I don't want, like, a meal. With, uh, no. So they try to do this thing where they, oh, now we have, now Starbucks is proudly selling La Balange. And it's like, great, you've got, uh, uh, you've got a new croissant that's 50 cents more. Cool. Like, your cakes are different now. All right. And they're all, like... 25 to 50 cents more mm. all right it's bullshit but i don't think they do cake pops which i'm glad because i think cake pops are bullshit <laughs> as a concept as someone who loves novelty i mean we all know that about me i'm a little bit i have aversions to the cake pop and you've been with me brad when we go to a coffee shop and yeah. i've gotten a cake pop before and thought this is weird i feel like a child eating this yeah it's a and little I'm insecure tweet. now I about can't. my yeah i can't do it i I would like to interject this quickly. When you started talking about a lot of children being in a Starbucks, for mm -hmm. some reason, my mind made the leap to, oh my fucking God, they've started having birthday parties at Starbucks, which would be the worst. Side tangent, monster event that I missed yesterday. Um, this new Starbucks had its official grand opening yesterday. And they had signs for it, and they're like, "It's gonna be from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. and we're gonna have we're gonna have face painting and like giveaways and free and free samples and all kinds of bullshit." And I'm like, "What are you? What? What is this a carnival? It's Starbucks. Don't have face painting at Starbucks. Have coffee at Starbucks. Let's just have kids not be. At, you know what? Let's not have kids be anywhere that I'm at. How about that?" <laughs> But separate that, adult things from kid things. Yeah. I mean, that's what, I mean, it's 2014. Come on, yeah. give Brad a break, Starbucks. Seriously. But, okay, here's what's happening with these monsters. Okay. So this okay. fam is like, they've ordered all their ridiculously elaborate expensive drinks. And like, I'm like, all right, maybe this tween is like having some coffee, I guess. But like, but these like teens weens, like they're not, you, ugh, bullshit. And it takes forever, of course, because they're all the most elaborate of drinks. So finally, finally, they're making the drinks. And I get to put my order in. And uh, I'm like, all right, this is going to be a while. Um, so I'm waiting and they're making all these fucking drinks. And like, I don't mind a wait. Got no problem with the wait. I got the iPod. I got headphones in. I'm solid. And they're, you know, making the drinks. It's taking forever. And then there's the one kid. The youngest kid is just like doing his own fucking thing. And by his own fucking thing, I mean running around like a crazy person. Just like running, like almost knocking things over repeatedly. Just like in his, like not with the rest of the group, just kind of in the way. Children running around underfoot can't deal with it. It's fucking awful. And like almost runs into me a few times. Almost knocks over a display a few times. Wow. And, and again, like, like this is taking forever. Like, why aren't you fucking managing your kid? Like, I was like so close to fucking telling this woman off. Like, take care of your fucking monster child. Like, get this fucking thing away from me. <laughs> Lock this thing up. Throw away the key. And like this is going on and it, again it taking so long to make all these fucking drinks cuz I it's the most elaborate of elaborate drinks um and like <laughs> ah just it's killing me so i finally finally they they get through all of their drinks and they and they clear out they like all right come on little annoying child let's go uh 
and they leave, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine, great. So now finally, um, they're on to making my drink, and it's taking f forever because the one guy, um, because the, they had both of them, you know, there was the guy that was making drinks, and there was like the girl that was behind the counter. Um, they had both been making drinks to get through, you know, that rush there of all those people. So uh, then he goes back to like the window because it's got a drive-through. So he's going back to you know getting the window under control. So now she's making the drink, and she's kind of like just taking her time with it, and I'm like. And, I'm, and at one point she goes back to like take another order at the register even though there's like it's like this person like just came in he hasn't been waiting very long I'm like why don't you just finish my drink as opposed to like doing my drink in stops and starts like I've been standing here forever what are you doing um and then she's like looking around like she can't figure out where something is I'm like what how do you how are you so terrible at your job and then as opposed to continuing the arduous process of making my one drink she's like she looks at me and is like oh that kid was cute wasn't it <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I I'm going to ignore this because I don't want to have conversation. Oh, but let me back up. She also remembered my name, which I hate when they start to remember your name. It's the worst thing. I'm like, fuck it. I want to burn the Starbucks down and start going to a new one now. I don't like it when they try to know my name. So she's already got that strike against her. But now she's like trying to have conversation with me about how cute that kid was. Wasn't he so cute? I ignore. Then she pulls this number because she sees I have headphones. She waves. And I take the and, of, and I don't have anything playing. Like I've just got the headphones in, pretending I'm listening to something. Oh, of course. And uh, like, so she gets my attention. I take the headphones out. She's like, "Wasn't that kid the cutest?" What? No. No way. I said no. Put the headphone back in. <laughs> and then she took the head and got back to making my fucking drink. Ugh. Wasn't he the cutest? You mean the little monster that was running all over the place and not trying to knock shit over? Because his parents would not control him? So this is a multi-monster. Oh, this uh, is a, it's a monster situation. Yeah. So not only is there a little um, imp child running around destroying things, or on the verge of destroying things, there's the monster family, or the herd, yeah. as we're going to call them. And then this crazy harpy barista yeah. who... Um, Stopped making your coffee to accost you with questions about how cute the little demon child was. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, uh, my monsters for today are all going to be people asking stupid questions. <laughs> Dude, I really wish I could have been there because this seems like a scenario that if I'd have watched in real time would have been awesome because it would have been, Brad's going to get pissed off at the kid. Oh my God, they're fucking up his drink. Oh my goodness, she's she's waving at him to <laughs> talk to him about the kid. And I... I think, I think like, I left out one, because I think there's a, her saying it, me ignoring it, her saying it again, me ignoring it again, and then the wave. So, like, she really want like, why do you need, why do you need me to agree that the kid was cute? Because I don't. Um, what are, what are we going to talk about? Like, first of all, fuck you for knowing my name. Uh, second of all, leave me alone. <laughs> if you didn't understand, uh, when I looked upset that you knew my name, don't think I'm going to be happy to talk to you about the cuteness of a terrible child. Look, there's a lot of uh, social cues that we have, and Brad, you're really good at them with the headphones and whatnot and not making eye contact and a very um, short, yeah. um, I guess, conversation with people that she should have gotten the hint. So I, I, I think I am maybe nothing. something else here. I am nothing if not efficient. Yeah. You think that maybe, like, she was trying to chat you up? Because first off, asking someone, oh, wasn't that kid the cutest? Unless you know they're a kid person, can be weird territory. So either this... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to chat you up. Maybe well, she knew your name because she was, you know. Well, she's doing it completely an wrong. She is. She doesn't know you yet. Now, I want to hear the story where she comes at you next week and she's just as short and maybe starts taking an interest in the things that you like. 
Um, but we'll see. That That is a crazy monster situation. I'm really happy you made it out with your life. Yeah. Um, if I could throw out a monster sighting of my own. Please do. As we all know, it's hard for me to find monsters, but I found them, I guess, the summer heat just brings them out. Yeah. Um, so I also have a Starbucks story. Uh, me and my girlfriend Emily were at Starbucks. We're gonna, we were gonna go in, grab some drinks, and then head out um, to go antiquing, which was really fun. And there's uh, a monster mom and her two children. Now these children were probably pre-preteen, so maybe they're eight to ten year olds. Maybe they were like thirteen. I, we'll call them tweens. Um, so they're dressed really nice. So it's Sunday, so I'm assuming they're also Jizo. Also adds a little twinge of. Ugh. And the kids are really well behaved, but they ordered a slew of drinks. One of those people that came in is like, okay, I want 10 beverages. And the mother is very rude to the barista. And in a different way than, because Brad's not being rude. Brad, for people who may get this confused, Brad just doesn't want to talk to these people. Right. And he makes it evident through his, you know, his actions. This woman didn't. She would be kind of nice and then be very curt, like, Bebe, just like saying weird stuff like, hey, are our drinks ready? Hey, are you sure you're making that right? Like questioning their drink, like, making ability. Mm. Um, so it all culminates to the when they start to leave. And... She interrupts the barista from talking to someone else, which was awesome to see someone with that much audacity. She said, excuse me, excuse me, um, can we get a drink carrier for these? Hadn't finished making all of her drinks, by the way, just thought it was important to break converse the conversations of two other people uh, to make sure she gets a drink carrier. So she gets a drink carrier and she starts, after all the drinks are made, she starts putting them in there. Uh, she, she takes her drink. She makes her daughter carry two drinks in her hand, and then she makes her son carry all the other drinks inside the drink holder. Now this is a kid, and I don't think he has really good motor skills, Oy. because I really wasn't sure whether he was gonna able to get it off of the counter. And so she said, all right, okay, um, here, you, you carry these two, and son, you carry these. Have fun with that. And then she races outside of the building as her daughter's trying to keep up with her, and the son, against all odds, is able to juggle this giant drink holder and leave with her. Wow. Um, the kids seem really confused and scared, and she was just a straight-up bitch. How would you, what kind of passive aggressive? Hey, hey kid, carry, hey, and you're gonna carry the rest of these. Have fun with that. And then just leave. Like, race to the door. Like, first of all, like, do you want your shit spilled? Like, I mean, yeah. because I, I don't trust people carrying shit. I don't trust any anyone under the age of, we'll say 16, to carry something without it spilling. Yeah. I mean, let's just be honest. And this little boy, I felt so bad for him. Because, again, these children looked afraid. They looked like they knew, yeah. God, mom's such a bitch. I, I, my mom's a monster. So like, when he had to carry the drinks, my heart went out to him. I almost I mean, wanted to grab the drinks and carry yeah, it for him just and get to the, the car and be like, oh, by the way, bitch. Yeah, it's carry your drinks. You're the adult. Why would you have to? Why would you force your children to carry, like, four or five drinks? That's insane. Let me also mention that they're not they're not small drinks. These were like yeah. all venti. Like they're all huge. It's poor kid. Straight up monster. Boy. Definite monster. What, what is it about Starbucks? Is it just because it's a bunch of entitled people running in there to grab their drinks and leave? Their artisan coffee and their La Boulange uh, croissants? Fuck La Boulange. I, La Boulange I, I, can I, eat a dick. <laughs> So that's, that's one of my monster sightings. Brad, uh, do you have any more monster tales? I, I do. Uh, so, 
Friday night, uh, we went to a restaurant. Uh, it's called Tibby's. They have like a um, like a New Orleans style food. Um, it's good stuff, quality stuff. And um, Alex is currently checking his teeth in the uh, in the camera. <laughs> it's Got very bizarre. Sure. Got to make sure your dentals are on point. He's checking his dentals, uh, making sure there's no parsley. I'm getting a good view. I'm checking for him, double checking, making sure everything's all right over there. So at this restaurant, and I. I order, like, um, it's basically a catfish sandwich, but it's, you know, it's just fried catfish, you know, like, tartar sauce, and then, like, um, some, like, hot sauce with a horseradish. Good stuff. Good stuff. It was really good, but, you know, nothing, you know, out of the ordinary. And it's just me and Tammy, and we're sitting, like, it, we're at a table that's got, like, four seats, and just two of us, like, and we're on the end, and so then there's two empty seats, and then there's another table over here, and there is, all of a sudden, this voice comes at us, and it's like, ah! Is that chicken or fish? Is that chicken or fish? And I look over, and all of a sudden, there's Jabba the Hutt. Um, <laughs> uh, but like, it's Jabba the Hutt uh, cosplaying as uh, um, um, uh, that woman from the Drew Carey show. Oh God. Um, I think it was Mimi? Mimi with the yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that it took both of us yeah. the same amount of time to be like, uh, who was that? Oh. Rough looking monster. And I'm like, oh, what is that? Is that chicken or fish? I, it's fish. Is it good? <laughs> yes. I usually get the chicken sandwich. Good for you. <laughs> what the fuck? First of all, is it good? That, that's a subjective question. Do you like fish sandwiches? I guess you'd like it then. I don't fucking know you. <laughs> what, what kind? Of, what fucking kind of question is that? Who is that good? I, I, I yeah. I what? What do you? Wh- it's a fish sandwich. It I like. I, there's nothing. It's a catfish between bread. What the fuck do you want me to say? What is this gonna change how you view? If you think about getting it in the future, if me, a random person you don't know, says it is good, it's a fish sandwich. Do you like fish? Do you like sandwiches? Maybe you'll like it. I don't know you. <laughs> There's so many things. The restaurant small talk is weird. And uh. the fact that a monster, especially a Java monster, comes out of nowhere is like, ho, 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 ho. Um, and asks if you, is, is it chicken or fish? Because I can kind of see the logic in their mind from what you've said. They're asking you what it is. They normally get the chicken sandwich, so they're curious about the fish sandwich. I think they're just curious to make a human connection. Because as a monster, I guess you would. I mean, uh, monsters are not... No, no, I mean, no, no, summer, no, no, so no, 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 everywhere, but... Let me give you some additional info. Uh-oh. At the time, um, she's just sitting there with a kid. Pretty soon, some dude that seemingly is her husband, I'm a ho- I'm hoping brother, um, with another kid rolls in, but it really seemed like husband. And if so, I that dude can do better. That dude can do better. Like, just like a normal, like, I mean, not saying that this is like, it was like some like super attractive model dude or anything, but like, he looked like a human. He didn't look like Jabba the Hutt in human and Mimi cosplay, which yeah. is an image that, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, will not be dislodged from my head anytime soon. That's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. And just like a couple of like greasy haired kids. Will, will. Ah. So I'm like, I think that's, I think that's his straight up life. And like, <laughs> and that's their spawn. That's his straight up life. MTV's, what is that one show they did? True Life? I'm married to Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Oh. 
I, yeah, like, the chicken sandwich is good. Because the thing is, it's like when you're at a restaurant, like if you've gone, if you're going to a restaurant you've never been before and you're with friends, you might say, "Oh, so what do you usually get here? What's good here?" You know. Oh yeah, with uh, friends, is right? The qualifier because they know you, you know them, you have an idea of their taste, and it's not really the like you need information on what's good or not. It's like, is there anything particularly special about this place? Do they is like, oh, their the thing that they're famous for is X. Otherwise, I'll read a fucking menu. I don't need the information. I can read a menu. If you can give me some special information that you have, fine. But you know what I'm never gonna ask somebody? Is that good? It's a fish sandwich. It probably tastes like a fish sandwich. Do I like fish sandwiches? Yes, I'll probably like it. I can't, unless I'm at some place where it's food I've never had before. Like the first time I had um, Ethiopian food and I wasn't sure what, how does Injara taste? I'd ask how it tastes. Mm -hmm. I'd assume it's good, but not just a, a chicken sandwich. I'm not a huge, I mean, a fish sandwich. I'm not a huge fish sandwich person because it's just like a sandwich. It's like, eh. Now this one sounds good because you said catfish and you you went on to add certain words like horseradish uh, hot sauce, which I'm thinking, oh, okay, very spicy, maybe flavorful. Well, the horseradish hot sauce is on the table. So that's an ad. I mean, she can have that. She can know what that tastes like right now. Is that good? It's a fish sandwich with tartar sauce. I mean, I... I, <laughs> I mean, what do you expect? If you had yeah. a fish sandwich... But see, a monster, you never know. I mean, she could have pulled off the Mimi mask at any moment, and then you got Jabba. And she could have been trying to... It could have been a clever ruse to get you closer to her to where she could eat you. I mean, that's what monsters do. Definitely. I feel bad for her slave boy, or her brother, or her husband, whatever it is. Um, yeah. That's a monster, man. Monster. I also have a restaurant monster story. Nice. It's odd that we're at places where monsters just tend to congregate. Starbucks and restaurants. <laughs> Though different monsters in each place. Yeah. I think that's interesting. So yesterday I was on the west side of Cincinnati. And again, we've mentioned that a few times on the show. West side Cincinnati is a place where most people in Cincinnati never go unless you're born there. Um, it's it's nice. It definitely has a lot of buildings and it has what feels like a 80s kind of like feel to it. It's not a bad, it's not a bad place, but there's definitely interesting things happening there. And I've seen more monsters there than any other place I've been to in Cincinnati. That's wow. where the monsters are hiding. So yesterday um, I was... Uh, doing some chores around the house. I was mowing yards. I was washing cars. All really fun, by the way. And I decided to go grab fast food. I went to Wendy's before I went to go get some stuff at Target. So I rolled up to the West Side Wendy's, and this is one of the most, this is the largest Wendy's I've ever been in, because I cannot, it's huge. Like, there's so much seating and it vaulted ceilings. I don't know. This is a mystery of a Wendy's. Mm -hmm. But I roll into the parking lot, and as I park, I look over and I see someone parked in the back of the parking lot. Um, door is open and there's a man laying on the ground beside the car ha hands at his head kind of like just kind of rolling around and I can s tell that he's speaking to someone and there's two women in the car with him um, to paint you a picture um, I'm not really sure how the guy is in a very is like an He's, his frame is like mine. He's very slender and tall, but all of his clothes are for someone that is 300 pounds. Like, he's wearing triple X everything, and his pants are huge, and he's just laying on the ground, moving back and forth, and I'm thinking, is he okay? Oh my gosh, was he just attacked by the voodoo witch from Stephen King's Thinner? Oh my goodness, he could have been! I didn't even think about that! Um, that would have been crazy. And that could happen. That could happen. Especially on the west side. There's a lot of voodoo uh, around here. Well, in Cincinnati in general, I told you about the time I saw the coven down there by the river. Yeah. <laughs> That's a past episode, ladies and gentlemen. Um, check the wiki. It could make it on there someday for easy searching. 
So there's a woman in the car, and they're all kind of, I guess, in their in their thirties. And the woman isn't the most attractive woman, and she's not overweight, but she's very she. None of her clothing flatters her. So she steps out of the car, and she makes a beeline for me. And I'm thinking immediately in my head, given the situation, like this could be a con. I don't think I don't trust this at all. Why is there a dude on the ground? But there's a guy on the ground, and no one just does that of their own volition. Mm -hmm. I think at first, but I don't. I'm not familiar with monsters, Brad. So I don't know that that's normal. If you're laying on the ground on purpose, you're a monster. Yeah, well, there you go. So she comes up to me and says, excuse me, sir, can I use your phone for a minute? I need to call my grandfather. And I thought, nope. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Yeah. If you say um, 911, okay. If you say anything else, nope. Yeah, it's like, your grandfather? And I said, and I told her, no, I'm sorry, I, I don't let anyone use my phone. Yeah. But going to Wendy's, surely there's someone there that has a phone that you can use, or maybe they'll let you use a phone, especially if it's an emergency. And she says, oh, no, they won't. Like, it's something that's happened before. Like, this is a, a response she gets all the time when she asks people if she can call her gramps on their phone. No, yeah. they won't. I know they won't. I've tried. So I say, sorry, but good luck. You know, someone else must have a phone. And she said, she kind of cocked her head and looked at me and said, thanks. Like a genuine thank you. Like, you know what? Thank you for wishing me luck on that. Yeah. Weird. Um, I find out, now, again, I feel really bad about this to a point. First mm -hmm. off, I have a multi-hundred dollar phone. I'm yeah. not going to let anyone touch my iPhone. It's a computer. It's not a phone anymore. Yeah. If I had some burner flip phone, then sure, you can use my phone. But no one's touching my iPhone. I don't want anything also, touching I'm going to be putting close to my face. It, it, I true. I don't trust true. your mystery monster fingers. No. I don't trust. Yeah, mystery monster fingers, bacteria. I come on. Yeah. No. No. I don't. I don't trust um, your hand washing policy. Yeah. So I feel. I know that she's getting help, but I feel bad because if this guy's really hurt or feeling bad, then surely someone should call the authority, like someone, to help them. But I discover quickly that no, this dude just lays on the ground because he's a little tired. He gets up and starts walking around, chatting with the other lady. Like, there is no no emergency. Oh, fuck that. You realize that the ground is the animal's toilet, right? Dude, this is like asphalt. He is laying on concrete by a car with a door open. Uh, just like, what's up? Oh, it's so hot out here. Let me lay down on that asphalt and talk to you. Yeah, don't do that. Wasn't hurt or anything. Totally fine. Gave me a nod when I left. Like, he's like, hey, man, what's up? Like, I'm like, what is the situation? Ugh, gross. As it devolved, someone inside actually let them use their phone. Um, and she used their phone. She went over and she squatted in the shadow by where the wind, uh, where like, by, I guess, the open windows. So we could see her from inside, but she just squatted down and used the phone. I guess she called her grandpa and then gave the phone back. So, I mean, she wasn't trying to steal a phone, I don't think. But at the same time, super sketch. Yeah. And weird. Why would someone lay on the ground? Monster behavior yeah. is strange. Gross. Straight up gross, gross. man. I almost wanted to write in and ask either the Mormons or the people at Friend Zone on Jezebel what I should have done in that situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because what do you do in those situations? Ugh. Other than what I did. Yeah. Like, sorry, good luck. Fuck you, get off the ground. <laughs> Act like an adult. Are you hurt? Get off the ground. Do you need to call your grandpa to ask if it's okay to lay on the asphalt? Because it's not. I'll tell you right now, it's not. <laughs> you don't need gramps. Shame on you. Get off the ground, Billy. <laughs> I don't want a gramps. So weird, man. Monsters, though, they're everywhere. How, old were, how old were these monsters? Dude, I like. I, they had to be in like their early 30s. Like They are old people. Just laying on the ground. Can't do it. Can't do it. We're at Wendy's? Nope. Sure, let's lay in the parking lot. I like that cool asphalt in the shadows of the trees they have at Wendy's. What is wrong with you? Why oh. wouldn't you sit on the grass? <laughs> it's more comfortable. Seriously. Monsters, sit in though, your man, car. They... It has seats. Yeah. 
It's too hot in there. You're laying on asphalt. It retains heat. I, uh, what's wrong with you? Worst. So weird. So weird. Oh, man. Craziness. Brad, I have a few news stories to run through. Um that are also kind of strange. First off, our nation's military has uh, started using video games pretty much. First of all, first of all, let's stop saying military. Uh, our our, our state-sponsored murderers. Our state-sponsored murderers are training to murder through video games. And really? they have a proprietary video game called Virtual Battle Space 3. Sure, that's um, great. An, oh yeah, an improvement over Battle Space 2 um, is that um, your avatar is susceptible to your present physical condition. So it's based on you. If you're fit, you're gonna have more stamina to run in the game. You're gonna be able to carry more things without being slowed down. And you're going to look fit. If you're not though, mm. your avatar will look like you. Um, obviously, we all know where this is going, but I will read a quote from one of the developers. Oh no, not a developer, an analyst for the Army's Training and Doctrinization Command? Doctrinization <laughs> Command? <laughs> what kind of weird title is that? I, you gotta indoctrinate the soldiers? Okay. To make them uh, state-sponsored murderers. Again, state-sponsored murderers. Well, that, there you go. A title like Army's Training and Doctrinization Command alone says everything about our nation. You mean a state-sponsored state murder indoctrination command? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you start saying state-sponsored murder instead of soldier, troop, military, army, it all starts to make a little more sense. Oh, definitely, definitely. But he's quoted about the game. Um, I'll read this. Part of the realism of... Part of the realism of... Part of that realism is an avatar customization. If a soldier is overweight, their avatar will be overweight too. When they tested it this last year, uh, one of the soldiers said, I look fat. And the other soldier sitting right next to him said, that's because you are fat. Hmm. Um, why is the military body shaming soldiers? Because they or want murders. them to be the best state-sponsored murderers that they can be? Um, I will say this, Brad, when we reframe it, we can joke, but when I just said that, it did dawn on me. When I said, why are we body-shaming murderers? I thought, well, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> why Why are we... Why are there murderers? I, shame them all I, you want. Fuck those fools. Um, I think we should make them feel worse about themselves. Good. So that's what they're doing. Shame I, them more. They're murderers. I Fuck the troops. I, I guess the thing is supposed to be like, look, your body weight, or your body, your physical fitness will play a part in your ability to kill people, which is interesting. But at the same time, I guess it is body shaming. If, if, we, could tr if we could just go and start treating soldiers half as bad as we treat women in general, um, I would be oh, okay with that. Dude, Let's, all of this. Constant rape threats um, to soldiers from here on out. What is the hashtag that's been very popular recently? Yes, all women. Yes, all women. Dude, the story's coming from that. And there's yeah. a Tumblr I follow that also aggregates um, atrocities toward women. It is sobering. Yeah. And you're right. If, if we should treat the nation, we should have the video game also simulate that. Yeah. Where you'll get sexually harassed if, all the time and where you're the worst. If, you, if you're going to be a fucking state-sponsored murderer, I feel you should be at least treated as half as bad as everybody seems to be fucking treating women. Brad... I don't know if you know this. There's a Bible on our moon. Why? That's another question. Uh, the reason it's there is because um, Apollo 15 commander David Scott left it there. He's like, I don't want this. Over. Take it. Moon. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. I I'm hoping he was like, ah, rubbish. I still got this. We don't need any more dead weight. Leave it on the moon. Let's send all of our Bibles to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get rid of all that shit. 
Are you advocating that we make the moon our new dump, Brad? Nah, eh, might as well. Take it, no one's gonna go up there. Except to some, uh, Japanese kids that are looking to get their dreams back. Hey, let's send all the dreams to the moon. How about we send that Bible back up? So, so it's there. I mean, it's just there. But now that Google has a new kind of, well, Google has a Lunar X Prize now, where the first team to land a module on the moon gets $30 million. So with that, there's a lot of competition stuff. Obviously, the Japanese soft drink company we talked about last, uh, on a previous episode, they're part of this. They won that $30 million in addition to the dreams of all the children, mm -hmm. uh, which I did not know at the time we broke that story. But now there is a team trying to latch on to the coattails of any of the uh, people in this uh, running for the Lunar X Prize. And their initiative, it's Israeli-based, is to put a Torah on the moon. If the this Bible's is up there, so dumb, isn't it? Like if the Bible's up there. We gotta have the Torah up there. First of all, nobody's reading that shit up there. There's no people up there. No. Why do, why do we? Hey, let's get our religion to the moon. For what? Well, let me tell you why. Because they actually give a quote. Because um, there's other teams trying to get copies of um, Indian scripture up there, the Vedish or Vedesh, um, and also some Chinese uh, old school Confucianism. Uh, and here's their uh, here's their argument: These three texts are among Earth's most ancient documents, created over three thousand years ago. They are significant to billions of people. What? You want to put three thousand year old documents on the moon so no one can read them? All right, dog. I mean, I mean, fuck that shit. Who cares if they're significant to billions of people? They're wrong. It's fantasy stories. No one yeah. gives a shit. It's fun mythology. But if we're gonna archive stuff on the moon, let's put some real documents up there. Let's let's let's, ar let's archive Wikipedia and put it up. That's there. That's exactly what I was about to say. Let's take. Let's all, do that. Yeah. Let's copy all of Wikipedia. Put it on the moon. First of all, okay, fine, but useless. It's, yeah. There's no one there. No one's there. I mean. Worst case, well, best case scenario, as we all know, the moon is drifting further away from Earth. Eventually, we won't have the moon anymore. So, you have all these documents on there, and it just is a free fall through, or not a free fall, but it's just floating through space. Maybe a, an intelligent species eventually comes across it and goes on there and then sees how weird we were. Yeah. I mean, and if you have Wikipedia up there, it's going to be awesome for them. Definitely. Um, but if you put the Bible up there, they're just going to think we're weird. Yeah, don't put stupid shit up there. Don't put stupid shit on the moon. Ugh. Like, I mean, really. I, that's so dumb. Like, we gotta put so dumb. Like, what well, are you the Bible's up there. We got to put the Torah up there. We don't need Stop! Stop littering on the moon, like, with your stupid <laughs> shit. Like, if they, that hey, if they put this dumb thing up there, we gotta put our dumb thing up there. How about we just stop putting dumb things up there? Like, it serves no purpose. It's the moon. There should, there, there should be that. They should get, at the next United Nations meeting, we should all get together and create, craft some new legislation globally that says, hey, stop putting trash on the moon. Like, We've already littered the fucking planet. There's that plastic island. There's trash fucking everywhere. The landfills are filled with, uh, with biodegradable things that will take tens of thousands of years to uh, biodegrade. Well, actually, probably just eight or 10,000 at the most. Um, stop putting our trash on the moon. Let's just not trash one place, please. <laughs>
it's, I mean, because, first of all, like, when you're sitting going to space, like, it is still, like, like, you know, you really have to, like, measure for, like, how much you can carry, and, like, yeah. it's a, it's down to the, you know, it's, I mean, they've really got to be careful, like, how much stuff they can take. It, you can't just take whatever, it's not like a bus. You can't just take, like, whatever you can carry <laughs> to the moon. They have to plan that out, and you're going to waste space with that stupid shit? Um, New Scientist writes that the European Space Agency's engineering arm, located in the Netherlands, confirmed that it has commissioned um, a test to see if it can actually create a capsule to make sure the Torah is safe from radiation and temperature changes for at least 10,000 years. Why are we spending money on this? Oh my god, that's so fucking stupid. How about you just say we're going to put the Torah up there and then put, like, plant seeds up there when all the plants eventually go extinct and we can get those plants back from the moon, maybe, and plant those seeds yeah. later. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, that's much better than the fucking Torah and or the Bible um, or any of the imaginative mythologies yeah. of our religions. Ugh, fuck Brad, there's, there was a song on one of our favorite movies, Zapped, that we talked about on Ramjack that advocated shooting the moon. Mm -hmm. I've never wanted to fire a laser at the moon more in my life. Yeah, we're going to shoot it. We're taking it down. We're going we're gonna to target the Bible. And you are worried about radiation and fucking heat temperatures. We're going to light that thing up. Let's see if it can withstand lasers. We're going to shoot all the religious text off the moon. <laughs> yes. That's a promise from we're Hey, we got a new Kickstarter up on Ramjack. You're going to love it. It's called Get Trash Off the Moon. Um, like, when, 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 like, when the moon broke off of Earth and, like, became its own thing, mm -hmm. it was trying to get away from this kind of bullshit. It like, really why, was. why do we have to take the moon back down with us? I, dude, I don't know. I'm really worried about it. Let's just stop. Let's just stop. Please. Let's stop trashing the moon for once. Alex, it's, it's everybody's favorite time of the week. Uh, not so fast. It's time for giving advice. The game. Yay! Woo! Um, in this game, Brad and I are given 20 minutes to talk about um, the prop. Wait a minute. How do we play this game again? <laughs> oh boy. All right, Alex. Uh, close to a minute, we have to give a problem and then solve it. Uh, I no, I, there's uh, there's some advice, um, and you just have to give advice. Oh. Okay. So there's no losers in this game. There's just winners. That's right. Unless um, you don't give advice, then oh. you've lost. Brad, here's someone who needs our advice. All right. A rip from the pages of Friend Zone, a Jezebel column that we all know and love, uh, comes this problem. My best friend just revealed that she has been in a three-year relationship with a married father, 25 years her senior. I don't think that what she's doing is healthy for her because of her history of inappropriate, as in illegal relationships with older men. What? Wait, Brad, if I can just finish really quick before, okay. we, before, we, before we jump in. I've let her know how I feel about the issue as non-judgmentally as possible. Mm. I am also kind of hurt because she has more or less been absent during times when I have needed her support <sighs> and made significant efforts to reach out to her. Ugh, I want to tell her that I can't... <laughs> I want to tell her that I can't deal with what she is doing. I realize that this might mean the end of our friendship, but I'm not sure what else to do. Brad, what should I do? All right. First of all, grow shut up. Um, uh, well, no. First of all, what do you mean by inappropriate as in illegal relationships with older men? Okay, at this point, and she said 25 years her senior, right? 25 years her senior. All right. If this is illegal, that means she's 17. He's 42. Oh, that's what it's got to be. This has because when I thought illegal, I thought is because that they're married. Like she thinks you, it's not legal to have an affair with a married person. 
<laughs> because because it because it is legal. I mean, people do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what most of the drama on our television shows and movies is about. No, 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 no. No, illegal is in she is young. I, that did not even enter my mind. I 17. thought it was silly because I was like, oh, honey, you can't have. It's not illegal to have affairs with married people. But when you're underage, it is. <laughs> 17 and a 42 year old. Whoa. Whoa. Gross. No, dude, for three years. That means she was 14 when it started. Well, well. Maybe, maybe it was illegal when she's. Is it still illegal? See, I don't know. Doesn't it say illegal? It, what, it, she's been in previous relationships that were illegal? Okay, let me read the sentence again. I don't think what she's doing is healthy for her because right. of her history of inappropriate as an in illegal relationship with older men. So it's happened a lot. Yeah. So maybe you're right. Maybe it did start when she was younger, but okay, so she's not her first. She's previously rodeo. dated guys when she was underage that were older. Currently, maybe it's not illegal. So she may be 18, whatever. Regardless, she's dating an old dude. Yeah, she's she's, she's dating. She's old, dating somebody she's, in his forties who's happily married. Well, not happily married. Well, maybe yeah, happily clearly, married. Clearly not happily. <laughs> Definitely not happily. Definitely a father though. It's been going on for three years. How did this happen? <sighs> but the big thing is, she's like, um, I, she hasn't been there. I'm upset because she hasn't been there for me. First of all, shut up. Grow yeah, up. Shut that's up. That's the real problem. Grow up and shut yeah, up. Yeah, you're bitching like, oh, my friend's not there when I need her. Your friend doesn't have to be there for you. You, your friend friends. doesn't owe you shit. <laughs> maybe you need a new friend. Or maybe new friends. Also, don't expect other people to deal with your shit. Like, uh, deal with your own fucking life. If you've got problems, you have problems. Stop trying to pan that off on other people. That's fucking bullshit. As non-judgmentally as possible. Just the fact that you use those words make me think that you're very judgmental about your friend. Yeah. And maybe, sh maybe you're driving her to the relationships with these older people who are a little bit more wiser in life and maybe, you know, I mean, I got no problem with judgmental. I'll yeah. judge. I'll judge anybody in a second. Like, just you just give me a chance, I will judge you. So I got no problem with judging. Judge all you want, but don't be a passive aggressive douche. Yeah. Like, don't Agreed. expect people to to give a shit about your problems because no, you nobody owes you shit. And like, so what's the problem? She's like, her friend is in a relationship with a married guy. No, you're right, Brad. The problem is the fact that she feels slighted by her friend who's never there when she needs her. The the opener just to make us feel sorry for this person and or weary of the friend is the fact that her friend has illegal relationships with older men who are married. And I guess the writer is hoping that we'll judge her friend harsher and then basically tell this person, be like, hey, tell your friend to shut up so you can monopolize their time. Yeah. Is what I think the writer wanted us to tell her. But I think it's a classic case of grow up and shut up. Get new yeah. friends. Yeah. Your friend probably isn't your friend anymore. Or if they are, it's like one of those casual things. And that's right. nothing wrong with that. We all have acquaintances, and it's fun, you know? Yeah. Be you. But and don't also, expect like, your friend to coddle or run Like this hang-up about, oh, they're dating a married person. Yeah, so what? Like, I I don't... Why does that matter? Like, if, if the person, like, that's married, like, wants to be with somebody else, f cool. Like, do it. I mean, it's a little cowardice of the dude to be, like, doing it on the sly. Like, if they're a polyamorous, or, like, if there's someone who's, like, has an open relationship, then there's no problem at all. Right. And really, I mean... You, and I like, mean, really, just communication and being honest with everyone. I mean, that's always a good. I mean, but that's but like, that has nothing to do with your friend's character. Yeah, that is absolutely your friend's character. That, yeah, it has nothing to do with the person. Like, if 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 you're dating somebody that happens to be married, that's their problem. Like, yeah. it, it's not really your concern. <laughs> like, 
if I was dating somebody right now and I and I was like, oh, it turns out she's married. All right, that's kind of her problem. <laughs> it's not really mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, all of it depends on the dynamics of the relationship. And if someone, if something's casual and you are just dating, then sure, none of it matters. Be you. Yeah. I mean, but it really depends. It really depends on the person. Like, I, I couldn't do that. Like, I couldn't date. I couldn't be in a committed relationship and then date someone else on the side. Um, I couldn't do that. Um, but some people can. So just don't judge your friend on that. I'm immediately so. reminded of when um, Alex pretended to be polyamorous for a second. Um, I did practice polyamory for a, a minute. Well, I mean, you you, and maybe Jonathan also criticized me and said, well, you're just dating. Yeah. Um, but I was in a committed relationship with a woman and then was dating people on the side. And I honestly didn't feel that good about it. I was like, this is weird. I'm not, I'm not, a, eh. And ultimately it wasn't for me. I, I no longer uh, identify as polyamorous and never did. In fact, if we go back and listen to the podcast, well, one might argue that I may not have been polyamorous. One would definitely whatever. argue that. What? Hey, whatever, you know? Uh, I could probably find a couple of people that would argue that. <laughs> but um, I'm not going to I'm not gonna dog anyone who's doing that on the reels. And yeah. So fuck this um, person. Yeah, fuck this you're, fucking you're a shitty person. Oh, Brad, get, do you have any questions from the Mormons? Because I have more questions from people on Jezebel. Well, you if don't. you'd like to check in with the Mormons, I I got a little question here from LDS.net. Oh, dude. Oh. Uh, I'm so ready. Hey, everyone. Period. Not, not a comma. <laughs> hey, everyone. I'm sure everyone has that one person in your ward. The one person who has... <laughs> Semi-intelligent. Well, the one person, uh, person in my medical ward? Like, uh, in your ward, Alex. In your ward. Oh, in your Mormo ward. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> the person the person who has the person who has semi-intelligent things to add to the discussion, but never speaks up. That's me. <laughs> Hi. Hi there. Hi. Hey, it's me. Hello, it's I'm me. Here. It seems like in Gospel Principles and Elders Quorum, we get into some really great discussions, but I never speak up. Aww. Part of it is definitely because I'm shy. The other part is because I'm still a newbie in my ward, and I don't want to embarrass myself by opening my mouth up. Oh, so so Mormon wards wards are actually a thing. I yeah. thought they were just using a they were just using weird vocabulary. No, no, no. Um, Same thing. This is a weird. I didn't know Mormons have their own wards. This is weird. Have you, Go have on. you, sir? Have you ever had the problem? I just can't seem to talk in class. I'm just hoping if anyone on here can offer some words of wisdom to the quiet guy in the back corner of the class, I really think I can get so much out of class if I participate. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Help? What do I do? What do what? I do? Excuse me. Hey, excuse me. What do I do? <laughs> I'm so scared. Hey, I've been had my hand raised for 20 minutes in an adult war. <laughs> and no one's called on me. Hey, I have something to say. Part of it's that I'm shy. That's one part. That's that's one part. And the other part is that I'm new and, and I don't want to embarrass myself by opening my mouth up. <laughs> Look, he has a very large tongue and he's very self-conscious about it. Maybe he also has weird dentals going on. He doesn't have a friend or a buddy to make sure there's nothing behind him or in his teeth on a video chat. Brad? Oh, you've opened your mouth. <laughs> I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> Look, Brad, we've like, all been there. Have we? Like, I remember, like, I was in a class in college and, like, there was a 
co- there was a few classes I was in college where it was like, I'm just not gonna say anything in this class because everyone in the class was dumb. I was just there like, you, you know what? I'm not gonna jump into this conversation because it's not gonna go well. Like I like it was always like there was like a two week period where it's like in class we're having discussions. I'm up in the mix. And then, like, some classes, it would be okay. And in some classes, I'm like, you know what? I quit. I'm done. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not getting... I, like, my Shakespeare class? <sighs> God damn. Like, I... Uh, my goal was, like, all right, once a class, I'm going to step in <laughs> and clear up the confusion for these dum-dums. <laughs> but I just, like, it was bad. It, and, like, I, I had a couple of classes like that. That it was just, like, I can't get into this conversation because these fools just aren't... Don't know what they're talking about. And it's not worth... I, I don't have the time or the effort to, like, really take care of this. <laughs> I I remember fondly those uh, stories from you, Brad. Oh. Because there were some dudes. <laughs> I, similarly, uh, there were many times in my classes, especially my design classes, um, where I just couldn't. There were, some, there were certain design critiques where it's like, what's the point of even saying anything? This person routinely doesn't understand basic design concepts. Yeah. Why are we wasting our time explaining this to them? And not necessarily a waste, because there is, especially, well, in a class or a, a discussion that's designed to be critical and being able to take feedback, um, it's, you know, that's what you're supposed to do is give feedback and take it in and talk mm-hmm. about it. And some people just couldn't. But in certain classes where you're just talking about ideas of certain things, that can get weird and it's always awkward and you're yeah. always just like, oh, I just don't even, why, why, why? Because if, like, if, like, two people are, like, actually ready to have intelligent conversation about the material, but the rest of the class is, like, still, like, grappling with the actual basic plot, you, what's the point? Like, I, you know, it's like, I'll throw, I'll throw out, like, one a class just to give the teacher a lifeline. Because, <laughs> like, you can tell that they're just, like, oh, fuck. Why, like, why do I have to explain what's, like, I, you, you can't understand, like, you're discussing what's happening, what's already there. That's not something you discuss. And this is something I fucking hate. Like, people have discussions about what's going on. I don't, nobody should be having a conversation about what's going on. That's what's in front of you. That's not what you discuss. <laughs> Hey, what's hey? Really quick, what was the plot? I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I think I think he was. I think uh, I think Othello was was being tricked by Iago. I think he was mad at him and he was trying to get back at him. Yeah, I think so too. Do you? Do you? Oh, really? Do you think you've worked out the plot of Othello? <laughs> See, people don't know that the secret is he's actually plotting to get revenge. Did you get that from the part of where there was a monologue where he's talking to the audience telling them that? Did you work out that part? Oh, yeah, I read between the lines. I figured it out. Hamlet seems to be upset. <laughs> now, I want to know if it's actually... Now, my question is, is it a ghost or is it just like pretend? I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> I, like it fucking blows my mind. It's it's crazy, dog. Um, but this little Mormon needs our help. Oh. He's a shy guy and a, and he's brand new to this ward. I, I, I honestly, I'm a little ill-equipped because I'm not. Sh- I'm still not sure what a Mormon ward is, huh. but I can only assume that it mimics class because he used those words. Yeah, and we talked about it. I just th- it's so fucking pathetic. Like if you got something to say, fucking say it. If you don't, shut up. And as someone who's participated in a great deal of religious conversations about 
I guess script. I hate the word scripture. Mm -hmm. We're not. I, okay, fuck that religious text because I don't want to give that any more credence than it deserves. This faux kind of ooh, the religious scripture. Fuck that. Those words old people wrote down a long time ago, and and people are still reading for some fucking reason, and it's on the moon. The trash that's on the moon. Um, yeah, it gets weird. Like the conversation never really goes toward like the source material. You start there, and then you talk about anecdotal life experiences, and you move on and everyone pats themselves on the back and someone might say something that's a little challenging but it's not challenging to anything other than your weird um microscopic worldview and no. you're just like Ugh. so dude speak up if don't be boldness always is one of the taglines of ramjack indeed and just do that no one's gonna think you're weird and if they do go to another ward it's if no they think deal. you're like, weird you're probably gonna fit in your mormons you're weird <laughs> like yeah how I, much weirder really, are you gonna be than the other other Mormons. The best thing about being a Mormon with other Mormons is that you're all the same kind of weird together. Yeah. Just say stuff. It's fine. And it's religion. Yeah. People have been making it up and changing it for years. That's how it evolves. That's how it's been changing. Yeah. First of all, don't be a Mormon. Like, uh, okay, that's, well, first bit of yeah. advice, don't be a Mormon. Like, fuck that. Two things. <laughs> Grow up, shut up. Well, grow up and say something, I guess, in this guy's... I, grow up and well, shut up and be like, you're writing this like long-ass paragraph about how you're afraid to talk. Well, just talk. Shut up. <laughs> shut up with your complaints about talking and just start talking. I mean, given the way that he revealed that he's the person um, that's having problems speaking in class, it's pretty cool for someone writing in a forum as far as that goes. So maybe he does have something to also, say to Mormons. Also, like, fuck this dude with his... You know that one person, that person who has semi-intelligent things to add to the discussion but never speaks up? Okay, you're assuming that you have semi-intelligent things to add to the discussion. If you think so highly of your fucking self, then fucking say something. Dude, I really wish that we could go undercover together to either a Mormon ward or any type of religious, like, Sunday school, just so you could hear the rhetoric that's happening there, because it's crazy. Like, to say semi-intelligent, I don't even know if that's a word you can use in context to these things. Because, again, I mean, as far as, like, again, the his history and, like, reading into text, it's not there. People just don't do that. Because more religion now is kind of like the self-help bullshit, where it's like, okay, this is my life, this is what's going on, this is how I interpret, or I choose to interpret this with what's going on in my life. Because that's what my god wants. Whatever. Whatever. Mm. Don't be afraid to say something. Also, maybe rethink being a Mormon. Definitely. Brad, here's something else from the pages of Jezebel. I have a female friend a few years older who has been single and independent for years, and she has a handful of male friends she knows she can call up whenever she's in the mood for sex. She's made it clear she's not interested in me in that way, and I accept her decision. As difficult as oh, it Oh, good for was. you. I'm so glad you accept her answer. <laughs> Um, yeah, as difficult as it was since I did have romantic feelings toward her for a while. At the same time, I've told her that I don't want to hear about all of the awesome casual sex she's having with these dudes because it makes me uncomfortable. Many of them are my friends and I'd prefer their business stay their business. But she still gets really graphic about it with me. I can't figure out why, and I don't know what to do. <laughs> I certainly don't share my sexual stories with her. Am I just a prude? Whoa. Okay, let's let's unpack this one, friend. There's a lot <laughs> this of weird is all shit kinds of weird. This. My so older female friend. Now, first off, I don't know the gender of the person writing this. They could be a dude or a woman. It's they a don't dude. say it's a dude. We can only assume it's a dude because of the classic. I mean, there's so many like yeah. 
Yeah. I, we can underline the things in this that make it sound like a yeah. dream, but it doesn't I, I accept. Say. I accept her decision to not bang me. Cool. What's the other option? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Sounds a lot like a gross dude. Yeah. I accept it, but God, it's tough. Um... So yeah, older female friend, single and independent, and has a lot of casual sex with male friends. That's cool. I mean, she she just whenever she's in the mood for sex. All right, sounds like a normal person. I get or an awesome person who know I mean, who's you know yeah whatever. Um, doesn't want to have sex with me. The person writing this. That's cool. Hey, totally cool. I accept that. Um, it's difficult because I have any feelings for her, but I accept it. Um, but she still talks about the casual sex with me a lot. And I'm uncomfortable with it. Well, like, either say, hey, I don't want to hear your shit. Or, like, stop being friends with this person. Yeah. Like, super easy. I mean, it is that easy, right? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, I, if somebody, if, you're, if you have a friend that's like, every time I talk to this person, they're telling me things that I don't want to hear. Stop talking to this person. Shut up. Grow up. Shut up. Grow yeah. up. Shut up. It sounds like this, the sexual stories... Um, are a big part of their friendship, or yeah. else she wouldn't talk about it. I got this friend that like she won't blow me, but she uh, she keeps talking about things to give me boners. It's not fair. I can't figure out why. I can't, I accept she the fact that she's not gonna blow me, but then she needs to stop giving me boners all the time. All right, dude. Well then. Okay, dude. First off, you're gross. Yeah. You're stop, a gross dude. Stop being gross. Stop being a gross dude. You're not entitled to anything because you're a dude. Yeah. Um, especially this woman. I just stop. Yeah. Also, she's probably telling you these stories because for some reason she thinks that's part of what your friendship's based on. Quit being a weird dude. Yeah. You're just mad that like she's not banging you. Yeah. So like, stop being friends with this person because like yeah, she doesn't want to bang you and like you don't like what she talks about. <laughs> so like, why are you friends? <laughs> like, get a new friends. It's super easy. Yeah, find new friends. Like, there's lots of people in the world. Go find them. <laughs> Done. Grow up. Shut up. <laughs> Brad, anything else from the Mormons or Alex? <clears throat> Here's um first first of all, I I have to read this to you. I I was looking at the question. I was getting it ready, and then I see the person that's posted it. Their name is L.S. Crandall. <gasps> no way. Guys, uh, we, we, we grew up, we had some Mormo friends, and their father's, the father of the family's name was Crandall. And Crandall was the most terrifying human on the planet. Yes. I th believe we've talked about him on the show before. I'm sure we have. He is a scary monster. Yeah. We grew up in terror of Crandall. Um, we yeah. both we both went to the proms with daughters of Crandall. Yes. So obviously Brad and I um definitely were under the watchful eye of Crandall many times. Definitely. <sighs> um he is a man who does love his aquariums. Mm -hmm. Uh he makes his own little biospheres. It's kind of awesome, but also weird. Uh, he he makes his own biospheres just so he can crush the life out of it, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With his menacing gaze. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, okay. I'm again. I found this question, and then only then did I realize it's by somebody named L. S. Crandall, which scares me. We can only assume that this is Crandall. I'm going to or assume relative. that, and I'm scared. But it becomes less threatening when I read the message. So maybe it's somebody that's just heard the tale of Crandall and has decided to take his name on. <laughs> I have a son that has wanted to serve a mission since he was a little boy. When he turned 19, he put his papers in to find out that he couldn't go due to being overweight. His self-esteem went, went, went being excited about serving the Lord to not wanting to do anything with the church. He struggled eight months trying to lose weight required. He has been overweight all his life. 
There is no consideration. He can't even serve in the States. I have known a few who had this problem. Most of them will now have nothing to do with me. I, I have known a few who had this problem. Most of them will now not will now have nothing to do with me. Space period. Have nothing to do with the space period. Church period. No space. For years there was no weight requirement. Young men and women young men and women serve with all their heart and families space period required to carry them on their insurance which i had no problem i can now believe that the lord would care if a missionary is overweight i have heard of disabled people being allowed to serve why discriminate against the obese Whew, there's some grammar wow. and punctuation yeah there's a lot there these kids too fat to be a missionary <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that is kind of weird even in the it's states in the Mormon church. you can't even yeah. be a, you can't be a mormon missionary in the states like no you're too fat to be a missionary like why like are they worried that he won't be able to ride a bike or make the rounds are they worried that people will look at him and be like meh your mormon no, lifestyle i'm not interested kind of... ah, no thank you hello would you like to hear about the lord ah nope would you like to hear about the wonderful tale of jonathan please tell me your plate I'm sorry, what did you say? Just take the Twinkie out of your mouth. Uh, um, I'd like to tell you about the Mormon faith. No thanks. Gross. Bye. <laughs> Gross. Is that why they do it? I, I mean, don't obviously, my, my initial thoughts were maybe the Mormons were just trying to be really nice. People were like, look, you're overweight. Maybe you should get in shape. But no, it has to do with being on a mission, which is weird. I mean, I, I think I the first know, thing... The, like, what's the weight cutoff for being a missionary? We should look this up really quick. Let me investigate. Uh, yeah. Um, the first website I come to that talks about it... So, as recent as December 31st, 2013, these were the requirements. Um, you have to have a BMI of 37 or less. So it's... I guess that translates to weight, in a way. Though we all know body mass index is horribly inaccurate and yeah. or not really a good gauge on your health. But they've started to do this, I guess, because of a, the obesity epidemic? Yes. There may be more to this as well. Um, so wait, the, you uh, say it was, uh, did you say it was 37? Yep. Okay. A BMI of 37 or less is required. Huh. Which means in some cases, prospective missionaries are turned away unless they can lose weight. Can you obey the word of wisdom and still have a BMI of over 37? <laughs> of course you can. Mm, but well, you can't. You I'm just not can't. So fast. You just, you gotta keep it, you gotta hide that light under a bushel though, if, if you are. We don't like people to know that there are obese Mormons. <laughs> the name of this religious blog, by the way, is called Wheat and Taters. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> uh, lame. So yeah, um, Crandall, just let him go. Yeah, Crandall, just let him be happy. Um, not being a Mormon, it's fine. Yeah. If Mormons want to, uh, I just, exclude... I imagine just like a lot of like like kids that don't want to go on stupid mission trips now are just gonna like just like starting to gain weight. Oh yeah. God, I just fuck. I hate the fact that my metabolism keeps me in that shape. That I just I don't want to go. Don't send me to Don't send me to Africa. I don't want to go. Uh, uh, God, what could possibly be worse than a fucking mission trip? Dude, as someone who's been on mission trips, not overseas but locally, they were actually really fun. But um, there was not that much actual mission work. Like we actually did things like helped people in small communities, like build houses and whatnot. We never actually talk to them about our religion 
Yeah, but I guess like, is the best thing to do in those situations. Yeah, but like more, but like that, that was also like short period of time as well. Mormons have to go off for like months. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not fun being a Mormon. No one's saying it is. And you have to do all this. Like you have to like they've got like quotas. Like you're supposed to hit the people. You got to convert to Jesus. Gross. Yeah. It's just up. Yeah, uh, dude, consider yourself lucky that you don't have to serve in it. That being said, if you find something wrong with your own weight and you want to change it, then do it. There's lots of means to do it. You shouldn't feel weird or shamed by your religion about it. Um, but if you don't, I mean, it's a free country, a free world. Indeed. Be you. Just don't be a mormo. That's always the best advice. Don't be a mormo. Don't be a mormo. If your religion is shaming you because of your body weight, maybe it's not the best religion. Also, wait, this is the father, like, writing this as well. So listen, I'm... Crandall. Crandall. First of all, don't hurt me. I'm scared. Um, second of all, like, this kid lucked out. He doesn't have to go to a shitty place now. Like, cool. Yeah, be happy for him. Yeah. Maybe you should think about leaving. Maybe you should think about leaving. Maybe spend more time. Instead of spending Sundays at church, stay with your aquarium. Hmm. See what, those, that, see what those fish are really up to. Build that ecosystem that you're probably going to crush with your terrifying fists. That may be... Once a year, he destroys the... Like, he just puts yeah. in a poison and kills it, and then yeah. they rise back up. He just tortures... I imagine he just tortures everything. He's <laughs> like... I... Ugh. Yeah, basically, Crandall is playing God. Yeah, like, once once, once a year, he just, like, pulls out a toaster and, like, throws it in the aquarium <laughs> and watches everything die. <laughs> because he can. Because he can. <laughs> Man, it's scary as fuck. Seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm good to go ahead and talk about Perfect Strangers. Uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got one more question here. Oh, you got another question? I do. I have one last question. This is a quick one. Okay. As a child, I had a terribly fiery temper. Oh, no. I credit a young woman's project with helping me soothe this. And for a good 15 years, I've never thought of myself as having a temper problem. But lately, I'm starting to have tantrums. <laughs> I haven't done anything harmful yet, except what? Except cause harm to a cell phone. But I'm starting to feel worried. Whoa. I mean, whoa. I'm having. First of all, I'm starting to have tantrums. Fuck you. If you're an adult and you have what anyone would consider a tantrum, I'm with Brad on this one. Fuck you. I haven't done anything harmful yet. That is terrifying. Except cause harm to a cell phone. Why are you hurting a cell phone? It's a phone. This is why you don't hand somebody your phone at a Wendy's parking lot. Dude, they might have a tantrum. It is... I, I mean, that's something people do. Some people will just destroy technology because... Grandpa, what do you mean I can't get a Frosty? <laughs> I'm so mad, I'm gonna throw something! Uh, maybe don't throw the three or four, six or eight hundred dollar phone and or tablet, guys. That's expensive technology. I want this woman to have called her grandpa, asked if it's okay if she gets a frosty. Grandpa says no and she breaks your phone. Yeah. Grandpa, I'm so mad! <laughs> just takes the television off the wall and just throws it. Ah! I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. It's just I get mad. No! There's a difference in there's a difference in feeling your emotion and expressing it and then doing something violent with that emotion. And I would always err on the side is to stay your violence. Violence is never really a good thing. Just get control of yourself. It's fucking emotion. Get over your fucking emotions. Who the fuck are you? Nobody gives a fuck. Calm down. 
I haven't done anything bad yet. Well, then don't do anything, oh, you stupid idiot. <laughs> like, I really wonder what the line is for most people between I need help because I'm going to do something violent because of my emotional reactions and being able to deal with those emotional reactions. Like, this woman needs help, obviously. I We, we could write her off as someone who... Um, wait, is this a woman or is this a man? This is a woman. Okay, just making sure. Um... There's a lot of people who easily write off emotions, and Brad being one of those, like, hey, just control yourself. Um, but there's some people who really, I mean, there's nothing wrong with feeling emotion at all. At all. I mean, we all get mad sometimes, we all get happy sometimes, I mean, be you. But there's a way to handle your emotions. Don't not have emotions, just find a constructive way to express them. Yeah, control and your you can, emotions. Like, why are you, yeah. um, why are you being controlled by your emotions? That's the thing. Being controlled by your emotions is different than feeling. Yeah. Um... I don't really think, I, when I was really, really young, I think I had maybe a slight temper. I don't any, I mean, I don't have a temper at all anymore. I'm very easygoing, uh, maybe to a detriment, but, um, yeah, you just learn to, like, refocus that. Yeah. Am I wrong here? Maybe refocus that anger into something more constructive. Maybe take up a sport. I, that's still weird because you might accidentally hurt someone, but I mean, do something physical. I just don't hurt anything. Yeah, like, don't destroy your grandpa's cell phone. I mean, and the this only is thing a he knows how to work is that jitterbug. <laughs> He's not gonna be so lost. I need my jitterbug. I need my jitterbug now. All right, here's a jitterbug. Grandpa only has one button. Fuck this phone. I mean, oh. as a child, I had a tem fiery temper. Uh, 15... A lot of children have temper. I've been good for 15 years, so this person is in their 20s, most likely. What the fuck is your problem having tantrums in your 20s? What is a... I remember the a, an adult... Well, an, a, an adult, like, she was 18. Um, one of the co-workers I had when I worked at the Buckle in Youth uh, threw a tantrum with her mother because her mother wouldn't buy her something. And it wasn't like mom, it wasn't like passive-aggressive adult, it was like child tinter tantrum, which is what I like to imagine this person doing because I think it's more funny. Yes. It's all, it was super awkward. Like this person who on all occasions just was just a normal person uh, suddenly turned into, but I want it, but I want it, nah, like went to a weird voice and started stomping their feet and holding their breath. And I thought, is this some kind of weird joke or is this for real? Oh shit, this is for real. Whoa. Don't throw tantrums. What the fuck? So a Mormon is afraid of throwing tantrums? Grow up. <laughs> and, and shut up. Shut up. Guys, it's that super, super special time of the year when we talk about Perfect Strangers Christmas episode. <laughs> Ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong. I, I just imagine sleigh rides and uh, snow. So it's Christmas in June, guys. It's Christmas in June. Should we do another carol, Brad? Oh, wish. Maybe we should save it for the holiday season. Save it. I do. I do wish we would have a Christmas in June miracle and it would start snowing because it's very warm here. I mean, it's not impossible. It's probably kind of impossible. Well, I mean, if we triggered a nuclear war and we had nuclear winter, it's possible. I'm listening. I'm listening. If a super volcano in Yellowstone went off, the ash would seem like snow, but it would cool the earth so much that it would probably snow on top of the ash, Brad. Uh-huh. I like what you're saying. All right, keep going. <laughs> A large comet impact or the moon going back into the Pacific Ocean would cause enough atmospheric interference to make it cold for thousands, if not tens of thousands of years, Brad. Sign me up. I'm in. All right. We got to shoot go. the moon. <laughs> 
We're gonna shoot the fucking moon. We're gonna shoot the moon. We're gonna shoot the moon. Hey, 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 hey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, in preparation for the inevitable uh, apocalyptic plot Brad and I have conjured to make Christmas happen for real in June, mm-hmm. um, let's talk Perfect Strangers. Brad, we play a game which I have, over the course of a few years, learned the rules to, mm-hmm. where we take a minute to summarize an episode of television that we love and enjoy. Um, trick part, the person summarizing it doesn't look at the clock. So they've got to get as close to a minute as possible without going over. I want to say on a recent episode, Jonathan hit it almost exact. Yeah. Like, wasn't he like 59.8 I, th- I feel something? like Jonathan's doing drills when he's not on the podcast. Jonathan's doing drills all the time, and we should be doing drills, and those at home should be doing drills, because you never know when you need to be concise when you finally decide to speak up in your Mormon ward. So, yeah. Get with it. So, Brad, I have a clock in front of me. Can you... Oh, boy. Summarize this episode in less than... As close to a minute as possible. I consider anything below 55 seconds to be kind of eh, eh. But 55 to a minute? That's, yeah, that's, that's sweet the sweet spot. spot. 58 to a minute oh. is almost unheard of. And, of course, we all remember the miracle where me and Brad hit it exactly twice, which was awesome. Yes. Um, and also real. Like, that was that was a for real thing that happened that wasn't fake. Brad, you let me know when you're ready to go. To summarize this episode, um, a Christmas story. I can do this. You can do this, friend. All right, on go. Three, two, one. All right, guys, it is Christmas time. So Twinkie said he's throwing a big Christmas party, but it's kind of the worst. There's a lot of randos there. I guess they're from the apartment. I don't know. It's super cheap. Um, Twinkie said he leaves. His wife actually gives the guys their bonus because Twinkie said he had said that he was mugged and the bonuses were stolen. So, oh, they're excited. They're going to go have Christmas in Madison. Uh, Larry's super excited. He's talking all about all the regular traditions. This year, he's the Christmas boy, creepy. Uh, That only happens once every nine years because there's so many fucking kids. Uh, But, oh, no, there's a blizzard. They're snowed in. They can't get to Madison. Uh, they have uh, they have a uh, kiss under the mistletoe with the ladies. It gets super heated, um, but they're trapped now. How are they going to get there? Are they going to be able to to take the plane? No, their flight's canceled because of the blizzard. Duh. There's no more buses because the roads are closed. They can't move the car, which wouldn't matter because the roads are closed. Also, uh, they can't run a snowplow. Uh, Balky talks about the Meepo's traditions, including the Christmas turtle. Uh, in the end, uh, Larry freaks out, but Balky tells him, "Hey, this is Christmas. Deal with it." One minute, one second. Ah! So close, so close. I was so excited. I tried to, I tr- really tried to hide it on my face, thinking I'm not gonna get too excited, but he's really close. Ah, so close. One minute, one second, friend. So close. Um, yeah, this episode is amazing. Yes, it is. So many locations, so many twists and turns. It opens with everyone singing Christmas, a Christmas carol, right? Yeah. 12 Days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Where Balky sings five onion rings because he doesn't understand. Yeah, it's, I, it's, it's a little bit of a cheap joke. I mean, I golden ring. He doesn't know what golden rings are. He confuses with onion rings. Does he really? Five onion rings. It's like, at this point, I think he's milking his yeah. turnip. 
status and everyone thinking it's adorable. Maybe he's trying to just do this to get better on Marianne's side. Maybe she likes it when he plays dumb. Um, can Okay, so as always, um, all we always, you know, check the uh, perfectstrangers.tv uh, website episode guide. Oh, yeah, the internet um, source. Yeah, and uh, as we always link to it on on the wiki as well. So if you need to look up the episode, it's it's always linked there. Um, but in the description for this episode, um, in the synopsis, it's talking about the Twin Cassettes party. Um, Balky, Larry, Jennifer, Marianne, and four unidentified men and one woman. I love four <laughs> unidentified. I assume they're people that probably live in the building. <laughs> Since, I mean, I don't understand why, you know, we'd have a party with Larry and Balky and Mary and Jennifer, unless it's just people that happen to live in the building. The Twinkasetti owns. I think that makes sense. <laughs> but I do love the idea of unidentified people. <laughs> Strangers. Just strangers. Unidentified. We haven't seen them on the show before. Yeah. And uh, um, uh, Donnie and, and Marie, the Twinkasetti's kids, are there. Oh, God. Ugh. Never thought we'd see them again. Children underfoot. Eesh. For real. Because they start just being brats. And I want to say in a rare moment of um, rebellion against their horrible father, uh, little Donnie says, No, Dad! Basically just says something about, because Twinkasetti says something about not giving them presents because they're acting up, and he basically just takes a stand, and then they run away. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, yeah, Twinkasetti's quick to dismiss the Christmas party after they sing the, uh, the 12 Days of Christmas, because he's like, all right, you've had your food, you've had your fun, now leave. Yeah. Um, as Twinkasetti's running off with the kids, um, Mrs. Twinkasetti says, look, guys, really quick, Balky, Larry, I know Twinkasetti just told you to clean up the Christmas party. All right, Twinkasetti. But here's your Christmas bonuses. No, they didn't get lost. What, what is it? He got mugged or something? Is yeah, what that was Twinkasetti, yeah. He said they weren't getting Christmas bonuses because he had gotten mugged. And then Balky says, well, how did he get the black eye? And Mr. Twinkasetti looks at him and says, I wouldn't worry about it. What? What? Yeah. I mean, as horrible as Twinkasetti is, Twinkasetti... He got you beat up by his you wife. Don't ha- you don't have to take that. You can leave. There's a safe place to get out. Maybe that's why Twinkasetti's mad all the time. He, he, they need to get a divorce, but he's trapped. He's being abused. I love when Twinkasetti, when they're, you know, having the party and it's over, and Twinkasetti's like, "All right, this is over. Get out. I don't even like these people." And you spent a hundred dollars feeding them meat. <laughs> that's such a weird thing, feeding them meat. Twinkasetti's also a vegetarian. I guess. But his wife makes him eat <laughs> meat. Like There's I, a lot about their relationship that. I mean. That's weird. That is weird. Make them eat meat. But uh, she, yeah, she hands him the bonuses, and Balky's like, "Oh, I can always use an extra envelope." And Larry's like, "Fool, there's money inside it." And then he opens it up, and there's like, it's like dollar bills. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I, I like, I don't, I don't know. Did they get like a forty dollar Christmas bonus or something? <laughs> I mean, it was the eighties. Oh yeah, it was different. No trust. You can you can get like a, as as we'll discuss. I'm sure later. Um, that's they've got enough money to like put gas in the car to drive around the country twelve times because oh, gas yeah. costs literally <laughs> thirteen cents. <laughs> quite true. Quite true. So, Baki and Larry head upstairs because they're going to be leaving to go back to Madison. It's Madison, Wisconsin, right? Yep. Ugh. Um, to celebrate Christmas with Larry's family. There's a lot of things that are awesome about this Christmas because Larry finally gets to be the Christmas boy again. A decade-long wait, more or less. Oh boy. Um, to be the Christmas boy because he uh, he has eight siblings. It's there's a up. there's a great moment in this episode where he's talking about I get to be the Christmas boy. Oh, he says like, um, do you know what this year is? And Balky says 1986, <laughs> which <laughs> it's always a shock to hear the year. <laughs> and then Larry's like, yes, but it's also the year I get to be the Christmas boy. 
Oh, yeah. It's so... Uh, there's a lot of weird traditions that Appletons have. Yeah. Um, to quote Larry, you're going to love Christmas morning. My mom always tries to tuck... My mom always tries to trick us by sending the clocks back, but you can't fool nine kids. Um, okay. <laughs> Your parents are trying to trick you to stay in bed longer. This is going to be an interesting Christmas. For us all, you say Every- nine kids. Like, we've established that Larry's, like, um, one of the middle kids, right? Yep. And there's nine of them. He's 24, I think we found out in that episode. Um, yeah. so... We got a classic John Arbuckle uh, dot boy situation where they're older men and women who still come home to celebrate Christmas the old-fashioned way. I mean, his it's youngest Santa brothers Claus and sisters, and like, have to be, like, late teens. <laughs> like, what's this Christmas morning, like, tucked into bed? Like, I, what are you doing? I would love to see, I would have loved to see all the character, all the actors in the beginning um, montage where Larry's leaving home. To be there for Christmas morning, just so we get more answers. Yeah. I want to see what the brother that has the glasses on with the weightlifting gloves, like, you kind of just nods at Larry as he leaves. What is Christmas morning like with him? Yeah. Because, I mean, like, for me, like, Christmas, like, all of the the pop and circumstance and, like, fun and everything was cut out of Christmas when I was, like, 12. Like, then it was like, all right, you're kind of an adult. We're kind of done with this. Like, there was no more, like, Christmas stuff. Um, I would have to say that presently I'm still in an art John Arbuckle dot boy sitch because my mother absolute my mother loves Christmas and the tradition around it like it is her favorite thing. Nice. Um, she does celebrate Christmas in June. Um, and spends the whole month listening to Christmas Carol. Are, she loves wait wait it. did Christmas in June or Christmas in July? I don't know if she ever stops celebrating. Okay, because I was gonna say Christmas honest. in June isn't a, really a thing. <laughs> I, I'm sure at Christmas in July, I just okay. misspoke. Um, but yeah, she loves the concept of, like, Santa Claus coming. And even though we're adults and we know that's not a thing, there's still the magic of us all waking up and there wow. being, I guess, Santa Claus have come. Um, it's very weird. I'm not, I mean, it's still fun, obviously, because we're all adults and we have fun with it. And especially now that we're all adults and me and my sister have disposable incomes, we can make it pretty awesome. But it's a very weird, very weird. But I could definitely see um, someone who's been waiting to be the Christmas boy for nine years um uh, having a similar situation i mean so christmas boy basically he passes out gifts on christmas morning yeah and he's like i i'm so excited i you realize this won't come around again until 1995 (laughs) (laughs) shit um how bonkers is i like it's just weird it's it's weird hearing the mention of years you know yeah even weirder is think about this the next one after that 2004 (laughs) and then last year Last year, Larry Appleton was the Christmas boy. This is fucking amazing. Yeah. So, oh, hold, um. Do you think he made it home to do that, though? Like, which of those years did he make it there? That's a good question. I'm just trying to think of, like, how old, like, spoiler alert, they have kids uh, by the end of the series. How old are their kids, (laughs) like, now? I'm almost positive that PerfectStrangers.tv has all this information. Oh, I'm sure. But that's a weird question. That's a not a weird question, but an interesting question to ask. So, okay, um, their kids were born in 1993. Wow. Wow. I feel so old. Only two years before the Christmas boy came back around. Hmm. If I can make a quick um, aside, there is a joke that Balky makes that's very apropos of the show and our show. And also something I think Jonathan would really appreciate. Um, 
when they are back upstairs after the party, Balky's watching television while they're getting ready to leave for the airport. And he's watching, um, what was it, Highway to Heaven, I think? Yes. Because he makes a reference and says, he's watching television and says, give me a break. That's no angel. That's little Joe Cartwright. Yeah. And everyone laughs and I thought, uh, Bonanza Boys. And of course, we all know a woman near and dear to all of our hearts, Miss Laura Wimsett, absolutely loved. Laura Wimsett would, would, every week. she would fall out of her chair laughing at that joke. Oh, yeah. And, it, you know, as far as jokes go about, like, the slight of a television, it is actually a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. Because who fucking... Uh, Highway to Heaven? I Fuck know. that show. Like... Fuck that show! Seriously. I never remember watching that show, because that just seemed like some boring show when I was a kid. What was the, what was the premise? Like... I don't understand the premise! It's, it's basically the Incredible Hulk, only instead of turning into a Hulk, it's just a dude that's an angel. Because, like, he's just... He's wandering town to town with his buddy that's, like, a weird denim clad truck driver and they're helping people somehow there was a lot of shows where it's just like people roaming around helping people with shit (laughs) like that was a real genre (laughs) was that a real thing though surely not i mean that's very wishful thinking right now we're like stranger danger all over the place no no in reality that's never happened nobody goes town to town to help people with shit like we don't live in an a-team society (laughs) the series stars michael landon as jonathan smith an angel sent down to earth on probation and his human (laughs) companion mark gordon played by victor french um Jonathan and Mark are given assignments by the boss, God, where they are required to use their humanity and sometimes a little bit of the stuff to help various troubled souls overcome their problems. These problems could include families dealing with sick loved ones, all around losers, who are encouraged to find their (laughs) self-worth. People coping with loss of family, such as war widows, Wealthy and greedy business businessmen being encouraged to use their wealth for good. Charlatans who use religion and civil rights for personal gain. What? Use civil rights for personal gain? That sounds like some racist shit. <laughs> ah, these black people. They're trying to use the civil rights thing for personal gain. Ugh. Uh, and discouraging prejudice in regards to people of different ethnicities, socioeconomic backgrounds, and disabilities. While dealing sensitively with these situations, the show also uses humor, particularly between Jonathan and Mark. Their personalities often clash, Jonathan being more sensible and compassionate, but naive, and Mark being more pragmatic and cynical. But they always support each other. Jonathan's mission on Earth is to do enough good in order to earn his wings and, presumably, ascend to heaven. As Jonathan (laughs) and Mark develop a close relationship, Mark does not want to lose his friend, so he sometimes tries to impede Jonathan's progress. (laughs) I want you to stay in this weird purgatory bullshit. Wow. That is a creepo fucking show. Yeah, that's... We may have to do a uh, an Alfio of A Highway to Heaven. Yeah, definitely. Damn. Yeesh. So, yeah, well done, writers of Perfect Strangers, for making that joke. Indeed. So, um, Balky confides in Larry and says, Look, I'm really glad we're going back to um, Wisconsin to spend family spend quality time with your family. I love the holidays, but it makes me a little sad because I remember back on Meepos when we would have the Chris- the Christmas turtle would visit every year and we'd decorate it for the holidays. And, you know, it's really sad that I'm not going to be able to, you know, do that. And Larry's and like, says, what the fuck are you talking about, Christmas turtle? I love, like, it, this show is, like, it's really that straight up, like, it's like 80s Americana where it's like, fuck you for having something different. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Christmas uh, turtle, that's stupid. 
We decorate trees here. I do think it's terrible, the idea of decorating a turtle, releasing it into the wild, and it comes back the next year still covered in tinsel. Oh, yeah, because my initial thought was, how do you know it's the same turtle? It's probably not the same turtle, Bauke. Um, but what kind of odd um, interspecies relationship have the people of Meepo started <laughs> with turtles and the fact that they know which family to come back to every year? That's I think, We need to get I, some scientists on that. I think they're still the like wrapped up in like Meepos. Garland and shit. <laughs> I think that's. Oh yeah, <laughs> they never left. They tried to. They waddled down to the shores of the beach, and they just couldn't get out. They couldn't leave. Ugh, bonkers. Um, uh, the Meepost turtle in Baki's family is named Bernie. Yes. Um, and he's come back every year. And Larry tells Baki that okay, listen, it's part of growing up, you know, having to move on, maybe having some traditions of your own. Now that you're an adult, you can't always cling to the past. Exactly. He basically tells Baki to grow up and shut up. Yeah, it's exactly, it's exactly what he says. More or less. And then there's a knock at the door. Uh-oh. Trouble. It, um, and in come Marianne and Susan. Not Susan. Jennifer. Jennifer. We'll never see Susan again. Yeah, Susan's gone Susan forever. Susan was lost to this harsh Chicago winter. Um, oh, also, mm, Balky noticed that it was snowing. Ugh, foreshadowing! Ah, Balky's Ugh, very excited about the snow. Uh, but let's talk about Jennifer and Marianne and what they're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even understand. Um, I, which one do you start with? Let's start Marianne. Marianne is wearing... Uh, first of all, she's got, like, white-heeled boots. Mm-hmm. And then she's got, like, some kind of ski suit, jumpsuit thing. Which, in her defense, they're about to go skiing. Like, True. they're spending Christmas up on those slopes. True. But it's, like, this weird light pink salmon color with like baby blue that's like barely there and it's like high-waisted and terrible it's weird uh, the colors are horrible as brad just said and it has a weird v-neck uh-huh like i guess she's wearing a tank top underneath it but it almost looks like she's just wearing the jacket and nothing underneath oh yeah it. that's strange yeah um i i know that hair has nothing to do with the actual fashion accoutrement but what is uh, how long do you think it takes for her to do her hair in the morning I, I, that's an hour process at the very least yeah there's a I, it's crazy it's kooky how curly her hair is if it wasn't for uh, Larry's natural curly hair, I'd ask how long it takes him to get that hair like that in the morning. But Larry um, rolls out of bed like that. There's no yeah. there's no doing anything to that. But you know, just by looking at Marianne and Jennifer, that they take time. Yeah. Um, yeah, not flattering Marianne at all. Jennifer is wearing overalls? Yeah. She's dressed up like Super Mario. <laughs> yeah, it is kooky. Um, she pulls it off well, though. I mean, oh, yeah. she's also a very attractive woman, so it's like, meh. But she has, like, a red turtleneck and then, like, a weird kind of, like, high-waisted overall. Yeah, and it's, like, cut, like, in a weird, like, it's, like, it's, like, a, a curved It's a deep overall. It's a, it's, yeah, and it's, uh, it's bizarre. I mean, I, uh, like, again, Gen Jennifer can pull some stuff off because she is an attractive woman, but this is a weird outfit. Yeah. It's weird. Um, but they're there to say a fond farewell and a happy holidays to Larry and Valky because, like we said, they're hitting those nice slopes. to get. They're going to be crunching powder and just, you know, skiing. Um, Larry is a little creepy in the fact that he's like, hey, wait a minute, you don't want to leave without your kiss. And he points up to the mistletoe. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, uh, Larry gives Marianne a, a quick little peck on the cheek. Mm-hmm. And then he gives Jennifer a kiss on the mouth and then proceeds to turn, like, turn her body and dip her. Yeah. And really just kiss her. Just goes for it. Goes for it. And there's a lot of, like, ooh, ah, from the audience or whatever. And then he spins her back up and she's, like, in a, whoa, like a daze. And he's kind of in a daze and he kind of struts off. Kind of struts off, and Baki's looking at him like, "What?" And Larry's like, puts his hands up like, "Yeah, that happened." <laughs> nice, right, dude? Again, with all of this, um, what's the hashtag again? Yes, yes all, all women. women. And things like this get you a little bit. You're like, Ugh. yeah. And then Balky goes like, over, and uh, he kisses Jennifer, and then he uh, dips Marianne and goes for no, it. No, 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 no. Marianne dips Balky. Truth, truth. And that's what saves this from being cr- really creepy. Yeah, that's true. That's like, true. Like he kisses Jennifer just on the cheek, uh, and then as Marianne just doesn't even give him a chance to kiss her, she grabs him, dips him, and kisses him for a long time. Boy. She comes up, and they're all like, later. Happy holidays. Yeah, and this okay, and th- here's where it gets creepy. Baki's like this this mistletoe stuff. This is great. Why don't we have this all year long? Yeah, and uh, Larry's like it's the magic of Christmas. It only works at Christmas. And he's like, I'm just gonna carry this around. Why don't we? Carry- yeah. I'm gonna carry it around everywhere I go. <laughs> creepy. It's creepy, but in the context of the show, we know that we know that Balky and Marianne are dating each other more or less. I mean, they've definitely been hanging out. We all know Marianne's also a little bit more aggressive than Balky is. And we also know that Larry and Jennifer have a relationship. Out of context of the show, just strangers, it's weird. Yeah. All right. Now let's break down Larry and Balky's fashions because there are some things happening. Balky is wearing, like, another weird vest with, like, it looks like houses on it. It looks like festive Christmas houses. And he's wearing like a like a Colonel Sanders bolo tie. <laughs> and these It is a Colonel Sanders bolo tie. <laughs> and with like a white shirt and he's got like these brown boots that have like white fur on them. Like I, like they look like horses. He's wearing horses on his feet. Um, which begs the question of what Larry's wearing on his feet, because it almost looks like he has spats on for a second Hmm. at a distance, but no, he just has on snow boots. He's got that weird, like, crazy, beyond acid wash pants or jeans. Uh Uh-huh. And then he's got on that weird, he's got a red t-shirt on underneath, and then he's got, like, the blue and black sweater on. That's some kind of odd print. Yeah. None of them, no one in this room is winning any fashions awards. Yeah, I... In fact, I almost advocate when we do best dress, worst dress, we talk about just this room. But I don't know. There's a lot of... We'll have plenty to talk about. Oh, definitely. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. So uh, Larry's like, all right, well, uh, we better get ready to go. Uh, I'll call the airport and make sure our flight's on time. Because you could do that in 86, apparently. Yeah. You just call up the airport. Hello, airport. Hello, airport. Is flight 7146 uh, on time to Madison? What? Huh? Huh? <laughs> Their flight's been canceled. Oh no! It's too much snow. First of all, we find out it's Christmas Eve. It is Christmas mm-hmm. Eve. Why are they? Why are they fly? First of all, why are they flying to Madison, Wisconsin? It's like a three-hour drive. And I looked it up. Uh, gas in '86, 96 cents a gallon. Jeez. With inflation, it goes up to it. It's a. It's the equivalent of a dollar thirty-three. A three-hour drive? It's like a 20-minute flight then, right? Yeah, why are you, you be, flying you from Chicago to Madison, Wisconsin? That's silly. Dr- that is ridiculous. Like, why, why are they waiting to the last minute? Why are they flying? Why didn't they drive in, like, the day before? Yeah, this is 
a lot of things just aren't making sense for their holiday plans. Did they might want to make sure they didn't miss the, the Twin City Christmas party? I maybe. Why didn't they? Why is the Twin City Christmas party on Christmas Eve? A lot of weird questions. I, who knows? Maybe Twinkie said he thought there would be less people there if he scheduled it. Maybe that's why he grabbed randos off the street and not anyone in the apartment. <laughs> that's comment. why there's only those four uh, un- unnamed men. That almost sounds so ominous, like something from like an Unsolved Mysteries. Four unnamed men. That's four unknown individuals. But who were they? And what did they want? Would we ever see them again? Maybe you can help solve a mystery. So, Larry is beside himself. The flight's been canceled. Bounty Christmas has been canceled. We can't go home. <laughs> um, after the commercial break, we come back, and Larry's on the phone with Mam, and... He's like, Balky says, Whatever you do, do not let Elaine be the Christmas boy. Okay. Right. Whatever you do, goddammit, I can't be there, but don't let Elaine do it. And then there's this weird thing, he's like, Elaine, get off the extension. Do you remember when we used to have phones and we used to have extensions that people could be on? Yeah. Oh, boy. That was so weird. Like, uh, uh, the concept of a landline is so strange now. I know. I saw I saw a uh, wireless phone, which took my mind a second to really even come up with the word. Um, you mean cordless phone? Now, a cordless phone. Wireless phone. Yeah, a cordless phone. I Even my memory yeah. failed me. And... I was at someone's house and saw it and thought, who the fuck has a cordless phone? It's 2014. Yeah. It's so crazy. It's jarring. People are like, oh, well, you know, it's for emergencies and stuff, you know? (sighs) What kind of emergency are you in where, like, you don't have the ability to, like, charge your phone for days at a time? Like, that's a terrible emergency. Yeah. You have a tech emergency. You have a life emergency if you're still using a landline. That's a bad time, because, I mean, like, really, like, if, if worst case, if, if a hurricane hit Florida, and I'm without power for a couple of days, um, I'll, I'll turn off my laptop, um, I'll have my iPod, I can charge, I've got a portable charger that, like, it'll charge it up a couple of times, and then I can charge nice. it on, via laptop, you know, probably a time or two. I can make it for well, days. Yeah, but also, you have to think about cell networks and actually being able to access those things, which a phone line, I mean, is the same worries, I mean. Yeah. I mean, if it's going to be so bad that, like, you can't access cell service, I mean, that's a, I mean, we're talking about, like, a serious emergency that the networks are just can't handle. Like, that's, I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, at that point, all hope is lost. Um, every man for himself, yeah. not every man for himself, but, you know, we're, yeah, it's basically wolven times at that point. Definitely. You're, you're in a bad sitch. Um, so they get off the phone. Uh, after Larry makes some very outlandish promises of saying, Mom, will be there, I promise. Well, I mean, again, it's like three hours away. I it's. I mean, you could walk there in a day. Truth. If you really wanted to. But then they, they try to call a bus. Uh, I love they're going to take a bus to Wisconsin. Like, I've, I, good luck. I mean, so our bus is still, it's Christmas Eve and buses are still running to Wisconsin. And you're going to get one. I, like, I does, it doesn't seem likely. No. But the road is closed because of this blizzard that just happened. Um, so we try, so they try to, uh, what's the next, they try to rent a snowplow or something? The, the city, the city's rented all the snowplows out. Yeah, it's weird. So, um, uh, he's like, well, why don't, well, could you just, why don't you just drive? And he's like, oh, that makes sense. It's only three hours away. Why did I think of that? I've got $300 snow tires on my car. Um, roads are closed, dog. No one's getting through. Yeah, if a bus can't get through. Are you gonna through. go off-road? Like, how is it? Well, Larry, what kind of weird scheming are you trying to do just to get home for Christmas? I mean, I get that, like, like, because this blizzard does seem to have come out of nowhere. 
I feel like, yeah. you know, maybe if you start off on the road, yeah, maybe some roads are closed, but it's probably gonna, you know, depending on the length of the blizzard, like, you may get, you know, you can, it's three hours, like, you can probably get there eventually. Um, what you said just terrified me in the fact you said this blizzard came out of nowhere. Right. Uh, I'm so used to modern technology and us knowing what's happening instantly with weather that the fact that a blizzard could sneak up on a major metropolitan area like Chicago yeah. is terrifying. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So they go out and uh, they're trying to get the car, but the car's stuck and Balky's pushing and Larry's having a fit. He's having an adult fit. He's having a tantrum. <laughs> he hasn't hurt anyone yet. Really? So I... Um, go for it. Conveniently, they are stranded in front of a Christmas tree lot and they bang on the door also for help as also to acquire on Christmas trees because Balky says, look, we ain't going. At this point, we're not going to Wisconsin. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Why don't we have Christmas here? And Larry says, it's not the same. Fuck your little teens of Christmas, Balky. I gotta <laughs> get to Wisconsin. And they have an exchange with the dude at the Christmas tree lot whose trailer is just on the lot. And he's like, dude, I'm eating. Comes out with meat, which is the theme of what people eat on this show, mm -hmm. um, at least in this episode. And he's eating and says, look, you can have that dinky old Christmas tree, the last one left. It's like in, it's like in a dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's like, oh, this it's one looks nice. It's straight up Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Like, it's garbage. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, it's garbage. <laughs> Literally, it's in a garbage can. It, it, I mean, it is. You think they would still One have, like, trash. some trees, and he would just, like, let them have it, because it's Christmas Eve, and you're not going to be able to sell it. Yeah. He's like, nah, take the trash. So, Balky takes it and says, okay, Larry, we can go do this. And Larry says, no, you know what? I just want to be alone for a little bit. I'm going to take a walk. So, Larry takes a walk by himself, and Balky goes to the home. And Larry's just chilling. He's doing his thing, walking those streets of Chicago, just, like, depressed. He gets home, and Balky has turned their uh, lovely apartment into a Christmas, a Christmas uh, Wonderland-ish. Yeah, that's great. He's put up, he's put up cards. He's got the fire roaring. He's got, he's got the garland. It's, he's put up the little tree. It's, it's adorable. Yeah, he's even completed the, the, uh, I guess, feel by also donating a Santa Claus uh, suit. This is great, because Larry goes to put his coat in the closet, and ho, 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 there's Balky Claus in the closet, which is terrifying, by the way. Yeah. Just the idea that, that Balky's been hiding in the closet in a Santa Claus <laughs> suit, waiting for Larry to come home. I mean, we see the camera opens on Larry opening the door, which means he's been in the closet. It's not like he hears Larry and goes to the closet. Yeah. Balky is crazy sometimes. Yeah. I also love, like, we eventually find out, because it's like, what the hell did he get his, his suit, suit stuff with? Because it looks like a box. But then eventually we find out it's it's the chair cushion. Oh, yeah. Which, if you watched the scenes, you could tell the chair cushion was mission. Yeah. Mission. Was missing. So it's awesome to get that kind of... Like, if you're a watchful listener, you'd be like, wait a mm. minute, why is that cushion... Oh! Fucking love Perfect Strangers. It's so good. I love it. So, Balky starts... I mean, Larry... This is not what Larry wanted to come home to. Larry wants to be depressed and wallow, because that's what Larry does. Right. Um, and he throws adult tantrum. So, he wasn't prepared for this. So, Balky is in the closet, and he says, "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the house, not that creature was... And then, of course, Larry just slams the door on oh. his face. And he eventually opens up the closet again without even missing a beep. And was my wandering eye up here? I'm gonna just lay! It's like, Balky, god damn it. Yeah, and then he's doing the reindeer and he's like, uh, there goes, uh, um, you know, Cupid and Donner and, uh, Nixon and Reagan and... <laughs> yeah, Donna Dixon. Donna Dixon. And Cupid, Reagan and Nixon. I mean, it's, it's Balky. It's, uh, you know, it's standard fare, uh, Balky getting things wrong, hilarity ensues. Um, it's so good, but, and then he, like, shows him the tree, and he plugs it up, and the lights kind of, like, flicker out, and they're kind of 
crappy. Yeah, fire hazard. And Larry's still just like being all pissed off about everything. All of this work he's gone to. Now he's like, listen, I even found a grocery store that was open on Christmas Eve. We've got gefilte fish and matzo balls. I, I thought that was actually genuinely pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, Balky's trying really hard to help Larry have a wonderful Christmas. Yeah. Larry's not feeling it, though. Larry's like, fuck this. Fuck, God damn it. I hate this little pork, this lame Christmas. And then Balky fucking gets pissed off. And it's awesome. Yeah, it was. It's like, As he should kind of get pissed off. Yeah, like, he's like, what the fuck is your deal? You told me I have to, like, adjust, like, my traditions and what I like. So, and all of a sudden, you're being such a little fucking bitch. You're being such a bitch. I went to all this effort, and you can't even be enjoy it? You can't appreciate it? Fuck you, fool. Um, and Larry's response to this is pretty hilarious. And like, oh, fuck you, Larry. Yeah. And he, I'll quote, Balky, I know what you're saying, and I know that it's true. But it's it's just not that easy to let go. Maybe you can, and, and I admire you for that. Ugh. But I can't. <laughs> it just doesn't feel like Christmas. Seriously, fuck you, Larry. Like, seriously, uh, I mean, um, oh. Yeah, so Balky eventually kind of wears Larry down and says, look, let's, let's open presents, because of course presents make anyone happy. Sure. And Larry says, Larry even clings like, no, no, no. We only open Christmas on, we only open presents on Christmas morning, no. Like he's throwing his tantrum and Balky says, shut the fuck up, here's your present. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, well, guess what? It's fucking my Christmas and I'm, I'm calling the rules and we're opening presents right the fuck now. I love like pissed off Balky. It's good stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Balky gets a home entertainment system. Uh, from Larry, yes. a.k.a. it is a beatbox, or a boombox. Boombox and a Wayne Newton tape. Oh, His favorite. That's awesome. It's um, great. Larry gets an awesomely embroidered quilt? Yeah, it's like a quilt. It's amazing. It's like a, it's like a throw. Uh, and yeah, Balky says he, he started it the first night he got there, and every night after Larry goes to bed, he works on it for one hour. That's dedication. Yeah. Now, you've been here for a while at this point. Yeah. So he gives this to Larry because he's like, you know, um, actually, I don't know why he gives it to Larry. I, it seems like a gift he should give to some. I guess it's fitting because Larry took him in and he yeah. feels like there's a neat metaphor there. Well, no, he said he says he started it, you know, when Larry let him stay with him and he's worked on it every night for as a gift for Larry. Okay. All right. I thought he just started a quilt and just gave it to Larry as a, uh, a last minute gift. Who knows? Um, but you're right. And Larry's taking, and uh, and all of a sudden Larry's like, "Wow, this is." Larry gets uh, okay. This and then it starts to get like a. Little, it gets a little much. It's great. It's great, but it gets a little much. Cause it gets yeah. Because like first first of all we've got this thing like this is like touches Larry's heart and he's like oh oh my gosh this is this is it there it is it's like what are you are you having a heart attack is Uncle Pete coming out what's happening <laughs> and he's like there's that it's the Christmas feeling it's like oh all right. Christmas feeling taking my I'm heart. like I it's a it's a it's just a little too almost a little um, too much. To me it got a little too much when Baki well, said yeah. Happy birthday cousin Larry and Larry's like what? That's it's like on me post. I thought we were going to get a thing where it's like it's a joke this was supposed to be for his birthday and he finished it late. That would be awesome. <laughs> but no, on me post they say happy birthday because the important thing to remember is that Christmas is the birthday of baby Jesus. Not just turtles, not just presents. Meepos. It's about the baby Jesus. Ah, so, yeah, so Balky talks like, oh, it's about baby Jesus and everything. And Larry's like, wait a minute. Something's happening. There it is. And I thought he's going to turn into Uncle Pete. I was scared. 
But no, it's the Christmas feeling. It's back. And Hooray. just at that second, the lights come on on the tree. Aww. <laughs> Joy to the children far and near. We start <laughs> hearing, like, carolers outside and Larry and Balky race to the window. Yes. And they're singing their song. I think they're singing the first Noel, not the awesome song I just started to sing from yeah. um, the uh, Ebenezer di- the Disney. Muppet, Muppet, uh, not the Muppets, the uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Oh, the fucking best. Um, so they're singing, and Baki says, Merry Christmas! And Larry says, Happy Birthday. Aww. I mean, it's a little much. It's a little It's a little much. schmaltzy. Like, I'll give, I'll give a Christmas episode all the schmaltz in the world. You can go for it. But, man, this was right on the line of being a little too much. But I love it, because I love any Christmas episode of anything. Yeah, and it's an amazing episode, and I absolutely loved it. All right, so, Alex. Oh, man. Best dressed, worst dressed. This is tough. I, I, I'm, I'm going back to peruse the uh, the party scene, because finding a best dressed in this app is going to be some challenge. Yeah, very, ugh. I mean, because there's, there's a lot of terrible outfits. I will say, okay, in the party scene, um, there's like an old guy that looks like Charlton Heston with like a turtle, like a red turtleneck, and then like like a like a gray jacket on top of it. That's kind of cool. Nice. And a Balky's outfit at the party, like he's it's a straight up crazy Balky outfit, but it's I still it's one of his better, I think. Miss Trika said he looks like a monster. She's wearing the worst outfit in this scene. Yeah. In this scene. <laughs> Like, I, she's got some, like, weird... It's, like, a light blue with, like, this weird, like, pink, like, flowery-looking, uh, um, collar. I've never been a fan of the flowery-looking collar. Uh-huh. I mean, outside of, you know, uh, the Elizabethan band. Yeah. <laughs> but those weren't really flowery collars. That was kind of... That was something different. Um, I'd almost say the guy with the green jacket. I, he, I Like, he's dapper. He's dapper. Balky's outfit's a little too crazy. I'm not a fan of the collar. Yeah. Um, the colors are all right-ish, but it's just an, it's just crazy. Yeah, Larry I mean, does not get best dressed at any point during this show. No, I will go ahead and put my foot down there. Yeah, it's. I mean, the this is really this is a bad episode for outfits. Like they're just. Oof. Should it go to the uh, anonymous man or the? Uh, what is, I yeah, almost what they... I almost think that um, Jennifer's Super Mario outfit is okay because it's that kind of weird pants. Mm-hmm. overall thing was something from the 80s mm-hmm. um and in situ it doesn't look bad on her well that's because she looks amazing well true and it i'm not sure if it's a great look but at the same time the way she's able to carry it i'm like all right i mean i i it's such a weird outfit though i don't know if it's okay i mean <laughs> just to hear you say that it's a weird outfit i'm not sure if it's okay i mean I, it, the, but again really the only positive to it is that it's like hey check out check out my breast it's like a window everything's pointing to her breast it, like i said it was a deep v overall it goes really? just below her bosom it, it, it's, so it's, it's just supposed to accentuate her body it's True. the overalls are the window to the breasts <laughs> that being said i definitely think we should give it to the dude with the gray jacket at the beginning because he's okay. savvy i mean <laughs> I, yeah like you could you could definitely sway me on jennifer but i don't think it's the outfit i think it's just her breasts that could be true. Could uh, yeah. Be true. Um, now, worst dressed. I Wait, can so definitely... Just to I, clarify, best dressed is an unidentified man in the first scene yes. with a gray shirt. He's Yes, the unidentified stranger that Robert Stack is looking for. <laughs> <laughs> I like a red turtleneck and, and a blazer over it. I like that look. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, could, I could get down with that in my life. There's a guy at work who routinely wears suits, and mm-hmm. he still rocks the turtleneck with the um, the suit jacket. And it I like good. it. Still works. I like it. 
Worst dress though? Ugh. I I mean I'm thinking Marianne. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I just like. I mean, because that episode of everyone in that room deserves worse dressed. Oh, definitely. Like everyone here is really they're they're fighting for it. But like I'm looking at this material and like it looks like even it looks pleathery. Imagine the creepy thing about it. Yeah. At first I thought it was like windsuit material. Uh huh. But no, it has a firmness to it that only suggests that it's some kind of faux leather. Yeah. But if you're wearing real leather or even faux leather with those pants, which aren't any type of leather, and those boots? Ugh. Marianne, honey, what is going on? Yeah. It's gotta be Marianne. I thought it would be really hard, but you're right. It's Marianne. I, it's, it's, she's, it's just her outfit. Everyone has terrible outfits, but I feel hers is so terrible. Like, even by Marianne's standards, and Marianne is always wearing some things. <laughs> I really look forward to see how the fashions develop over the course of the years this show is on. Indeed. Because it's got to be, it just got to, it's got to get crazier. Because, like, we're at ground zero for bad fashions. Like, late 80s through early 90s, it's a fucking war zone. <laughs> we almost <laughs> no didn't make it out. We almost didn't make it out. We didn't. There are pictures of me not almost not making it out. Speaking of holidays, one time my grandmother gave me a windsuit for Christmas. There was actually a girl's windsuit. Nice. Um, it was straight up pink and pastel. <laughs> um, and while I'm not a, I'm not averse to pink, I have some shirts that are definitely pinkish, and I've worn pink in my life. As right. a small child, I thought, I don't like this color. Why did you yeah. give me this? That's amazing. She's an old woman. We would like to think she was confused. I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast before. But <laughs> I almost didn't make it out of that Christmas alive. I, my grandmother one year gave me, like, like a collection of weird snap button western shirts. <laughs> what? Yeah, like I kept like two of them because I was like, I can't return all of these. Cause she gave me like five or six of them. Wow. And they were these like western style shirts. And like instead of buttons, they had snaps. And like, yeah. but they were, they were like western cut. Hmm. Oh, and like weird looking. Like one of them was like these weird, like all the, it was like all these different colors. And it was very strange. Like I kept one of them basically just to use as like a costume piece. But like those shirts were terrible. Wow. Yeah, yeah man. Sorry about that one. Yeah. I mean, our grandmothers, grandmothers are never really a source of fashion. And neither, yeah. any, neither of our lives or anyone's lives, really. Truth. Um,. Unless your grandmother's like Coco Chanel or someone, I mean, then maybe. And even and then, if, I'd. If worry your grandmother about it. is, uh, please call the podcast and tell us what that's like. God, you, they must hate it though. My grandmother has these weird, like, outlandish fashions. It's. Uh, <laughs> I don't like them. I just want to be like my friends. <laughs> Not these weird runaways. I, I appreciate it. It's just weird. <laughs> so, who won and who lost? Ooh. I mean. On the surface, you might think that Larry lost because he didn't get to do holidays. Really? And that's possible. But I feel like Balky like, went out of his way to like bend towards him and make him an awesome thing. I feel like Larry might have won. See, because, that's, where, that's what I was thinking. Because, like, yeah, he doesn't get to be the Christmas boy. Um, but I don't know. I feel okay. Twinkasetti lost. He he like he got hit by his wife. <laughs> um, he he lost uh, the bonus money. Uh, uh, no one else in the Twinkasetti family won anything. Um, Marianne and Jennifer, I, they're going skiing. I don't, nothing I really, and they're wearing those outfits, so. <laughs> I, I mean, does it really come down to. 
Look, it's a holiday episode. It The holiday itself comes down to Larry and Balky. I almost think that winning and losing has to come down to them as well. Well, you know, Twinkie said he might have lost. Yeah, I mean, he was forced. Well, okay. Twinkie said he, he lost, lost. He lost money and he got a black eye. Yeah, he got he, he lost far worse than Balky lost. Um, and his uh, wife spent $100 on meat. The worst thing that happened to Balky was that he, he spent a few hours in a closet by himself just waiting. <laughs> The worst word. Twinkasetti has been hit. Spousal mm-hmm. abuse. His kids don't respect him anymore. He's losing money. Twinkasetti's living a nightmare. Yeah. He loses this Christmas. This Christmas, he lost. He loses. You know who might have won? Elaine. Huh. I would be game for that. Because Elaine <laughs> is now the... She... And you know she's going to say that this is shenanigans and she gets next year, too. Oh, yeah. She was subbing for Larry. It's Larry's fault if he can't come and fulfill the station of Christmas Boy. Ah. Oh, so she gets she, to be Christmas Girl twice in a row, I'm thinking. I think Elaine so. Elaine straight up made out. I think Elaine won. <laughs> so Twinkie said he lost, and yes. Elaine, the sister of Larry, won yeah. this Christmas. I think so. Um... Really quick before we completely leave Perfect Strangers until next time, mm-hmm. uh, on the PerfectStrangers.tv website, there is a subsection called ads, print ads. Go mm-hmm. there and have fun because nice. my favorite is a picture of Larry and Balky. There's a line between them. There's just their headshots. And over Larry's, it says sheep. And over Balky's, it says herder. And then below it says Perfect Strangers premiere. Awesome. 8 p.m. That is awesome. Um, there's also one that says, uh, has a picture, it's, it's over uh, Larry, it says domestic, and then there's Balky making a face, and it says imported. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect strangers, will you? Oh, I love it, love it. Um, there's one from 1987, which is a little weird. Oh, boy. Are you seeing this, where there's a lot of chest hair on Balky? <laughs> yeah. And I think he's wearing either an animal skin vest and a towel or something. Yeah, that's upsetting. I don't like that. There's also one where Larry or uh, Balky's touching Larry's face. The 80s. When will they stop? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, guys, you've got to go check this out. What is this one about graduation speaker? Graduation speaker? Question mark. The last time I spoke to a crowd this big, they were grazing on the hillside. Perfect strangers. I love it. damn, the 80s were a fun time. Guys, thank you so much for listening to Ramjack. We've enjoyed it. Uh, We can only hope you've enjoyed it. Maybe you've learned some life lessons. Maybe we've helped you with something that's been troubling you. Um, tell us what's up. You can phone us. Brad, what's the phone number? It's 206-339-5894. And I think we have some voicemails this week, right? Oh, we had a stack of voicemails. Let's let's, uh, start them off. All right, well, thank you. If anyone understood that, uh, please let us know what that person said. I don't even... I, okay. <laughs> I don't even. I, let's let's go to the next one. I'm not... All right. Hello, Ramjack. This is Claire, and I have a mystery minute for you. Um, so I've just been in the supermarket, and the woman in front of me, I'd say she's in her uh, mid-40s, um, had an interesting selection of items that she was buying. And I want to know what you think... Uh, her plans were for this Sunday evening of buying these items. Uh, so, um, 
they included I would say there was about 10 tins of like tin food I didn't see what all of them were but there was like uh, bolognese sauce and things like that um, so 10, 10 tins of canned food roughly there were some vegetables in bags so like salad there was a DVD of Peppa Pig popular children's cartoon character um, there was I would say about maybe 10 packets of yogurt multi-pack like where you get six yogurts so that's like 60 yogurts roughly um yeah 60 yogurts okay and then there was um i would say maybe between 10 and 20 boxes of tampons uh so we have tin food we have mixed vegetables we have peppa pig dvd we have lots of yogurt and we have even more tampons Please tell me what was happening, because uh, I'm intrigued. Bye. All right, Alex. Uh, this is how, this is a mystery minute. Um, I. <sighs> Whoa. I, I I'll, let's think about this for a second, and then I'll start the clock, and we'll solve the mystery. So lots of canned food, lots vegetables. of canned food. Ten, yeah, some ba- some bags of vegetables. Sixty um, yogurts. Sixty yogurts. And a whole and a lot of boxes of tampons. A lot of boxes of tampons and a, um, a oh, pepper yeah. Pepper Pig DVD. How can we forget the Pepper Pig DVD? I need to look up Pepper Pig really quick. Yeah, let's let's figure out what the hell Pepper Pig is. Pepper Pig. Oh goodness, I have seen Pepper Pig. Peppa Pig. Okay, it's a British preschool animated television series. All right, Alex, are you ready for me to start the clock? Okay, I think I could start it. All right, three, two, one. Go. Uh, this woman is obviously buying stuff in bulk for a reason. Now, mm-hmm. where would we have find lots of vegetables, lots of yogurt, um, and tampons while also needing entertainment? Mm-hmm. I would propose that this woman is actually working for some sort of nursing institution or something, okay. or maybe she's a nurse at a hospital. But Brad, what do you think? All right, I think I think okay. What okay? What about this? What if uh, the, okay? There's been some sort of accident. Uh-huh. Um, these people they 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 can't they can't eat solid food clearly because mm. they, they got yogurt we got these like vegetables and things I, like maybe they can't maybe they have chewing problems so yes I think old folks it makes sense uh, but why all the tampons what if like they have to soak the tampon in yogurt and then insert it rectally to get nutrition why because we've got a straight up human centipede situation going on oh no <laughs> they're all human centipedes and oh, shit. and they have to they have to take in the food that way and then the yogurt because it's easier and then the vegetables for the first part oh it's terrible it's a fucking nightmare that has to be the reason solved it solved it well done or I kind of started the train of maybe this is some sort of uh, Brad took the, took that baton and ran with it and solved the mystery. Claire, you've got a straight up human centipede situation happening in your neighborhood. Oh. Uh, see something, say something. Take this to the authorities. Definitely take get get that taken care of. Ah, oh. damn, that would be terrifying having a human centipede situation in your neighborhood. Uh, absolutely. All right, thanks, next Claire. Voice that was a, I mean, yeah, thanks, Claire. That was really awesome. But like you said, Brad, next voicemail. Hello, Salamalikum. I mean, Salamala, Antirama, Maradon, Wawat, Susafel Halsby, Jim Buona, Legitimalam, by the message. Okay, if you get my message, con Jim Matuokonkorai,Amerita,Ale,Sotravia,Akabai.Okay,Alright,Okay,Next,Voicemail.Hey,Ramjack,This,Jonathan,Pernasek,and,Dig,This,Shit,Because,I,Was,Just,Talking
My dad at one point threw a Laura Wimsett column away, and two of the columns she sent got to me a lot later than originally planned because of some post office shenanigans. And she said offhandedly, and I had to kind of mine a bit further for more detail, she said, yeah, she, she's been writing about some, some weird stuff lately. And I said, as a follow-up, well, how do you mean? Because I was immediately very curious. And my mom followed up with, well, you know, she's been writing about Teddy Roosevelt and the Gettysburg Address. I don't know. She, she goes on some weird tangents sometimes. And I silently said to myself, I, I wholeheartedly agree, Mother. And then she dropped, I mean, talk about burying the lead. Because then out of nowhere, she says, well, you know, I, I work with her every year because well, my mom is a middle school teacher. And as we know, Laura Wimsett works for the school system in the administration areas. And she said, oh, yeah, I work with her every year because she helps with the bulk file, the, the bulk mailing, I should say, the bulk mailing for sixth grade orientation. And... I just had to let that sink in because my mom has regular, if only annual contact. I mean, that's still contact. How can this be used to my advantage? I immediately, my brain immediately started going into overdrive because if my mom has even casual contact with Laura Wimsett, is what I'm meaning to say is, how can I use this to get me a copy of that goddamn book? I want that book. Oh, mom, could you just invite what? Do you realize that if I, I could go to Owensboro on a jet plane and my mom could potentially convince Laura Winston to have dinner in my own house. I'm that close. I don't even want to meet her. I just want the, ah, I want the book. Uh, so yeah, there you go. I mean, wow. Yeah. Jonathan, this is a major find. Um, there's tons of things you got to do. We got to get that fucking book. We got to get the book. Guys, Again, if anybody, if, if anyone has a sway in the library system and can figure out a way around these problems, if anyone is going to be going through Orangeboro, Kentucky and wants to copy the book from the library. If you are working on a space team uh, for Google's new Lunar Lander X Prize, and you are sending pieces of literature to the moon, and one of those happens to be the Book of Flora Wimsett, take it off of the satellite and send it uh, to us. Yeah. Please. I mean, uh, uh, nobody get crazy. Don't start uh, contacting Laura. Don't get too close, because we don't want her to be suspicious. We have enough people close enough. Jonathan is, could basically have a meal, uh, easily have dinner yeah. with Laura Wimsett if he wanted. He, yes. I think when he goes home for Christmas, he should definitely try to talk to her, just mm. to see what that's about. Like, maybe record something for the show, because that would be fucking amazing. Do you know how much I would want to, like... To, to like just have a documentary of Jonathan's dinner with Laura Wimsett. Oh yeah, oh, I just yeah. want well, to you film just that. just record it. I mean, come on, Jonathan, yeah. you, you got to do this, buddy. You got to. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, very interesting development. Um, I don't know why your mother didn't tell you sooner that she knows Laura Wimsett. That she's BFFs with Laura Wimsett. <laughs> that she's basically best friends forever with Laura Wimsett. Jonathan, next time you're on the show, we got to talk about this more. And Jonathan will be on the show next week, which is going to be awesome, or in the next episode. Yes. Yes. So that will be fun. Absolutely. All right, we got one last voicemail here. 
Hey, this is Jonathan Pertek. I am listening to an episode of Ramjack while we're while walking to work. And I am actually listening to the latest edition of Advice the Game, otherwise known as Giving Advice the Game, otherwise known as Here Are a Couple of Things, the Game. And you're talking about the closeted lesbian who is engaged to her girlfriend, and she is concerned because everyone's trying to set her up with this 100% awkward Christian moron. And I just wanted to call in and say that I don't actually think in the question that was read, Alex, I don't think there was an indication that the girlfriend is trying to set her up as well. I think what's happening here is there is this couple of women who are gay in the closet and they're dating and they want to get married. And then there's this dude over here saying to their group of friends, hey, I really like one of them. Let's get this figured out so I can date them. And those friends, separate from the couple, separate from the pair of women, are doing their best to make it happen. And meanwhile, <laughs> this poor woman's girlfriend is like depressed and crying because she doesn't know what to do about it. The girl who wrote in didn't know what to do about it. And it's really sad and really pathetic because, first of all, if you're engaged but not out of the closet, you are not ready to be engaged. You're just, that doesn't mean anything to you at that point. You need to take the first step <laughs> to being an adult, which is living your life openly and honestly. And only then will you be able to openly and honestly say, hey, and guess what? I also have this person in my life who I want to, I want to be with for the rest of my life. You can't, you can't put the cart before the horse. Come out to your friends. Are all of your friends crazy Christian who have banana sundaes and whipped cream pies in their arms while, I don't know, wearing clown shoes? For fuck's sake, like, get it together. Also, just in regards to children and their safety, I just watched the first entry in the 7-Up series, the British documentary series that followed a group of children starting at age seven because the one I watched was called Seven Up. And then every seven years, they made a new movie to sort of check back in with those exact same group of kids. They've been doing it for decades and decades. I believe the last one was 54 Up. Um, but in Seven Up, the half hour original, the kids are all put together. The, the rich kids, the country kids, the town kids, they're all put together on this nightmarish playground that looks like it was something out of like a bombed out World War II site because there are like crazy shreds of tires and blunt objects and shards of just, it looks like burnt wood. And it's just hilarious because they're like throwing pipes and swinging from ropes and it looks so absolutely just dingy and dirty and unhealthy. And I just, I just remember the narrator of the documentary saying something to the effect of the boys set about building a house. And it's like, well, yeah, I, I guess so, because they're trying to make a society out of this ruined crater. And also there was a little girl in that documentary who said, I don't know any colored people and I would prefer never to know any colored people, which that's some, that's some straight up honesty right there. Um, all right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Whoa. Awesome. I mean, yeah. Awesome. Um, I like Jonathan's interpretation of that. Um, yeah. Um, giving advice to the game or, Hey, here's something. Yeah. It's interesting. Definitely. Very interesting. Yeah, and I haven't watched the 7-Up series. Like, I'm aware of them, but I haven't watched them yet. Yeah, I mean, I have them in my queue to watch, or had them in my queue. Um, yeah. I look forward to eventually getting around to it. Indeed. Oh, we actually we actually have one more voicemail here that I forgot about. Oh. So, last one. Last one for reals. Hey, Ramjack, it's Jonathan Pernasek again. 
And right before the tone, I thought to myself, oh, God, I've completely forgotten what I wanted to talk about. But then I remembered. So here it is. I just wanted to relate how insane it is that when I visited Anya's website, hold on, that's not the insane thing that I wanted to express. It's insane, yes, but as a fan of Anya, for me, it is perfectly logical to visit her official website, the news, sex- <laughs> the news section of which hasn't been updated since 2010. I'm pretty sure she's had, I think she's had an album since then, but maybe the webmaster is asleep at the wheel. No, what is truly insane about the website is the store section, and you'd think they would have all of Enya's albums. You would think that would be a, you know, a rock-solid foundation for a merchandise page. You'd think that, I don't know, what else might they have? A mug? I don't know, but you don't expect there to just be one item, and there's only one item available in the Enya merchandising store, and that's an Enya baseball cap. It's pitch black with gold lettering that spells out Enya. What? What? Who's buying that except for me? Who would buy that except for me? Who would want that except for me? I'm talking about Christmas in the future. This is just all a pretext for dropping hints. If anyone wants to buy me an Enya baseball cap, God knows I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get that Laura Wimsett book anytime soon. Just like a man, I'm just a boy who wants a baseball cap. Hey, what with the things? Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. I... I'm looking yeah. at this right now. This is pretty bare bones. <laughs> Jonathan's looking for a Caribbean blue Christmas. Somebody buy Jonathan an Enya baseball cap. It's kind of ridiculous. I can't find her actual web. Oh, here we go. Enya.com's website. Yeah. Oh. Go to the shop. Look at that baseball cap. I'm looking That's at it right now. That's the only thing. <laughs> only thing they have left. Enya logo baseball cap. One size. Who's who's still filling these orders? I don't know. Oh, she's got a flash interactive thing. Oh, Ooh, she has her whole website in an interactive mode where you've got a candle lit looking over a map of her estate. Oh, here's her gallery. Pictures of an old Inya. Yikes. What's yikes, the trinket yikes, yikes. room? Yeah, this is weird. Isn't it, though? Secret room is closed. All right. Um... Thank you for all those voicemails, everyone. We really appreciate it. And again, feel free to phone us. You can also email us at ramjackpodcast at gmail.com. Um, there are other methods, Brad, maybe Twitter. You can hit us up on Twitter at ramjackpodcast. The website is ramjackpodcast.com. Go there. Go to the wiki. Join the Facebook group. Yeah, the Facebook group's a fun time. I really enjoy it. Um, you can also go on iTunes, leave us a review. That's always fun. Um, but most importantly, tell someone... About the show. Yes. Look, I know you're in the back of the class and you've had your hand raised for 20 minutes and no one's oh, calling on you. Just stand up and say, hey! And then after the awkwardness, everyone looking at you and the crippling, I guess, anxiety you have, muster the strength to say, run podcast, before you quickly sit down. Or run out of the room. Oh. <laughs> Running out of the room is better. Yeah, just Definitely. say, tell some people about the show. Just do it. Do it. Find a way. Find a way, and we'll continue to find a way to bring you a quality podcast. Put a billboard up. Possibly can. Put a billboard up. If you put up a billboard, Alex will send you a copy of the poster the second it's done. I will deliver it to you firsthand. 
the second <laughs> it's done. Great job. Definitely. Put up a billboard. Alex will hand deliver you a poster the second he finishes it. Yeah. I mean, contact us. We need to get you some graphics for that billboard. But, um, yeah. Or just have it black background, white letters, Ramjack Podcast. Yeah. Dot com. Good plan. All right, guys. Well, I just want you to, to, you know, just keep in mind when you're out there and, you know, people are, are trying to ask you about stupid fish sandwiches and, and uh, annoying you with their, their uh, la balange questions and all these antics are happening. And you just, and it just, and it feels like life just can't get any more stressful dealing with all these monsters. Ah, oh, you know what? I'm just going to let you hold the drinks and say, have fun with that. Shoot.